Welcome to Chicago. Coming from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave, this is the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yes, sir. Episode 131 is brought to you by 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirts. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 for 15% off your entire order. That is True Fan 15. Go and get your official TCSF shirts now. It's only a month away from St. Patty's Day, so maybe, you know, try your luck of the Irish and yeah. use your 15% uh, <laughs> promo code TrueFan15 to get you some gear from Grit Clothing Company on the south side. It's also E-Rock season because it's birthdays at the end of the month. That's true. That's true. Ah, <laughs> they're healthy after me lucky charms. <laughs> As always, I am Big Z and I'm here my boy E-Rock. We're all com- discombobulated <laughs> at this point. <laughs> this is what happens when you record on Zoom for like a month. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. Now, what's up, E? What's going on? What's up, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. If you're a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and go ahead and give us a review on your listening app of choice. You can find us on Facebook at True Chicago Fans. You can follow us on Twitter at True Shy Fans and on IG at True Chicago Sports Fans. And don't forget, you can support the show with a monthly subscription at anchor.fm slash true Chicago sports fans. Go on over there and click on support and you can subscribe for as low as 99 cents a month. Listen, do you like the show? I do. Are you a fan? Oh, yeah. Then tell your friends and they will tell their friends and we can all be friends just like Biggie said. If you like what we do, if we, uh, you know. Pique some interest in the topic that you're thinking about this week. Please go ahead and share it with others who you feel would like it as well. Or just play it in the car and uh, let some unsuspecting victim listen to our voices for an hour and a half. <laughs> What's good, Z-Man? It, uh, it's been a little bit since I've seen you in person, man. How you been? Oh, man, dude. it's It's been crazy, man. This work thing is... Uh, I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> this adulting, man. Zero stars. Zero stars. Okay. No, man. The, 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 the single guy is saying that. The, well, single in the sense that you're not married and no children. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it's, it's it's actually calmed down a little bit. But the kids, uh, we started off with a win. Then we uh, lost two games, two close games. Uh, and then we had practice all week last week. But they canceled the games because the Southside schools were getting to the, the venues like an hour and a half late. Oh. So we would get there first. Even though our game was at 6.30, we would get there at 4, yeah. 4.30. And they're like, well, you're here and they're here. You guys play each other. And they threw off the schedule completely. Okay. And so this week, because the the busing issues, they canceled all the games. 
Um, so I was practicing the boys, and I was like, you know what? All right, I'm gonna dust it off. Yeah. <laughs> dust it off I'm gonna dust it off, and I'm gonna dust you off. Yeah, WD forty my hips, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I I was running the offense with the kids. I was the second team, and uh, we we were moving the ball pretty good and so forth. I had a breakaway, and I I went up for a, you know I. I I'm I'm mm. dexterous. I can I can go both ways on uh, when mm. playing the basketball. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to curve my ass there. Hey, look at that! And uh, <laughs> I went up for a left hand layup. I literally stepped super hard, and I was like, "I'm gonna launch off." Man, I was about <laughs> six inches short of fucking dunking. <laughs> what, is, is, did you leave a footprint in the court? Oh my god! <laughs> like who left a rhino in here? Uh, um, yeah, man, it looked like I blew a flat tire. That's how far I was like I was going up and just poof. Uh, and your air bubble on your Air Max oh, or no? Yeah, <laughs> man. The kids are like, man, we thought you were gonna dunk. I'm like, yeah. Maybe. So did I. <laughs> Twenty years ago, I would have dunked. Not no more, man. Oh man. So you know they got a good laugh about that, and I told them, like, hey, that's gonna happen, but you know that's work on fundamentals. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, hopefully we finish the season. Uh, I think we have like three and a half, four games left. I'm I'm, I'm done with the season already. Yeah, just because of the busing issues and so forth. And we're playing it all, all the way by the metro station, uh, like uh, Narragansett and um, Dickens. Oh wow! Yeah, because we don't have a home court because we have no gym. We really technically have oh no gym. So, okay, okay. So our home games are there at the Clemente of uh, Acero. And then our away games are on the south side of 55th and Kedzie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'll be driving my ass there. Um, assistant coach, you can ride the bus. <laughs> <laughs> in case in case I need to make a quick escape. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah 100%. And then, you know, we I talked about bowling last week and how, like, uh, myself and Steven and, and Sean and uh, our friend, new friend, Tim, bowled our asses off and took the took out the champs from output took them out so uh it's nice i got the results and we made it to the playoffs nice. so we're going down state to peoria myself uh sean and steve and tim and then me and tim uh bought into doubles so we're competing for a doubles championship as well and then i ended up being the highest bowler of the of the of the day how high were you not as high as he <laughs> <laughs> but with my handicap because for some reason the uh bowling.com uh you know the the official scores still has my uh average as a 131 i'm an average of 158 now so they took that average because that's the official average and gave me 80 points oh added, i get it I added get it, to yeah. all my games so i ended up being the highest score bowler. yeah yeah I'm like, I'm not going to say shit about that. Right. Out of technicality. Out of technicality. Right. We'll take that. And then I bowled on Valentine's Day and scored that's no so higher than a 125. Playing with your balls on Valentine's Day, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could have went with fingering your holes. But Whoa. Hey. I do finger the holes, yes. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. It's like one, two, three. And then, yeah. That's my routine. If you don't know who I'm bowling, that's that's where the reference from. But. I mean the the bowling gods will quickly give it to you and quickly take it away. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of any sport, right? Like yeah. uh, I was watching a little bit of that uh, that golf documentary on Netflix. Uh, it's like uh, full called Full Swing, and it's like uh, these young kids, right? Like you know, uh, I don't know Joe Smith and you know Bob Smith. I don't know, just generic looking white dudes playing golf. Like yeah. that's it's you could carbon copy all these dudes. And I'm sitting there, I'm like really trying very hard to like make this interesting. And I'm like, holy shit, 
this is boring. Like watching spoiled rich kids complain about not fucking being good at hitting a stick or hitting a ball with a stick. I I, I had to like uh, <laughs> I had to get the AED out a couple of times. I was flatlining on the sofa <laughs> like fuck, man. I was like, you know, yeah. But I mean, so it, it's the thing is like you know you, you're it, it it comes quick and it and it gets taken away just that easy. Like when oh, you feel yeah. like you're in a groove and then you know it's any any type of uh, especially like an individual sport like where yes you're on a team but like you're the only one individually going for that goal or that score every time so it, yeah. it does definitely get tricky no it was it was it was crazy because i was definitely hung over <laughs> probably still drunk when i when i got there to bowl and the guys are like who the fuck are you i'm like i don't know i don't know um but yeah i mean they you know bowling gods are very fickle and they took it away and i mean a lot of it has to do with that i'm i'm running with the kids on basketball i'm i'm you know teaching floor hockey i'm bowling twice a week and my back is just giving me shit, man. And I know we talked about off air. Your back is kind of fucked up. Too. Yeah, my back has been giving me. So ever since I went bowling with you guys. <laughs> yeah, right. Ever since I went bowling. And, and that was the thing is that I, I had never intended to bowl, right? Like when right. we were supposed to go over here by, by my house. Yeah, it was I over was, here, yeah. And I was like. Thanks, uh, Sean. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, thanks, Stephen. Yeah. yeah, but it was like uh, I was like, "Hey, uh, I'm not gonna bowl, but can I just stand there and like drink beer and make fun of you guys?" And you're like, "Yeah." So I, I came through and it was like, "No cars." I was like, "This is weird. I recognize uh, you guy, your car." And yeah. I was like, "It's not here." And you're like, "Oh, my bad." So I went over to my pop's old spot where he used to do his leagues at Diversity River. And as soon, I, I th- you guys had no idea I was coming, right? Because nope. after that, because nope. the other place is like two blocks from my house. Yeah. So I show up, and you guys are like, "Oh shit!" And you're like, "You got to play." And I was like, uh, okay. And I was like, well, let me get this Fred Flintstone fucking uh, used by everything one since 1976 bowling ball in here. And of oh, yeah. course, I got the heaviest one because none of them fit my fingers. Nope. And uh, and and I I didn't do terrible. I mean, I got over a hundred both games, and I was yeah. like, shit. I was like, a hundred's good, right? Like yeah, out of a hundred, a hundred is good. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> so, is good for someone who doesn't bowl. But yeah, for since then, and then like I did uh, some some pitching uh, like I think that same weekend, and then the Monday morning I tried to go to work, and I was like, oh, back spasms. That's fun. And like I literally like I couldn't move voluntarily. My back was like, "You're gonna go this way." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, Love I'm sorry. Like, okay, please, okay, don't do it no more. Don't do it." You know what I mean? I felt like Richard Pryor when he's talking about his heart attack. Okay, I won't breathe no more. Okay, I won't say shit. Okay, um, but yeah. So like ever since then, I've had a little tweak back there. So I'll be going to the doctor next month. It's the uh, joys of being in your forties. One hundred percent. You need more yoga in your life, sir. Yeah, well, I don't even like yogurt, so. Lactose intolerant? No, I've been. <laughs> oh man, no, I gotta. I, I, I'm sure I gotta stretch more, but I mean, it's just you know, it's it's all the all the. It, I've, I've said it before. It's it's very weird being a big strong guy, except your joints hurt, right? Like I'm used to being able to pick up anything I want and just okay. I, I'm holding this heavy thing now. Watch out, it's heavy. Like, are you sure? Because it doesn't feel heavy. <laughs> you, I'm pretty sure you can do all that stuff. It's just the, the, the repercussions of the next day. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really what yeah. it is. And, it's, it, and always the, the thing was always like. Uh, I was like, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to be able to chase you, but don't get close enough. <laughs> right. Because like, I'm not letting you don't, go. Don't get too close. Yeah. Don't get yeah. close to the bear. Yeah. The cocaine bear. <laughs> no, no, no. No, sir. Not me. Wrong show. Wrong. Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on in your life, man? Shit, man. I mean, you know, we got uh, softball, of course. Softball, softball, softball. Yeah. I mean, you know, a few weeks ago, we went to go see the Adam Sandler. That was pretty oh, yeah, dope. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. really dope. Um, I think when we talked, it was on my way to go to that show yep, 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 yep. 
That was super dope. Um, it was funny because like I, I think uh, I think Kim was expecting him to play more of the songs that we know, mm-hmm. um, just from SNL and stuff. And I'm like, but you got to realize he's been doing this show forever, right? So he's been doing the live show. He's been doing Lunch Lady Land on TV on his live shows forever. And then at the end, like you know, he had some goofy ass you know skits, but he was never really doing a full song. He'd do like a verse of a song and then like cut it off, and then everyone's laughing and shit, right? And uh, he had Rob Schneider came out oh. and Rob Schneider. The thing that pissed me off is that the next day uh, they went to. Uh, so the funny thing is, you went to that Bulls game the day before I went to Adam Sandler, both right, at the United Center. Yeah. And then the very next night on that Monday, they had another game, right? So, like, they did, they, they swapped it over super quick. But the very next day that he performed was in Ohio, and fucking uh, uh, Chris Rock was there. Instead, I was like Chris Rock over. Like I would have said Chris Rock over fucking Schneider any day of the week. Any day. Schneider was okay. He opened for him, but yeah, I think so. I think Chris Rock was just the surprise, the surprise guest versus like Rob Schneider was like their opener. Which Chris Rock probably had something going on in that area. Yeah, and the thing is, is that you know Chris Rock, it, it, he is part of that little clique because he was on SNL. He, yes. They all know each yeah, other and shit like that. So, and then at the end, they do he, he did his uh, tribute to Chris Farley. Nice. You know, talking about oh my friend, and and if you've ever watched his Netflix uh, special that came out a couple years ago, his live show, um, that is essentially that same song where the clips of you know Lunch Lady Land and all that shit. So. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a really really cool show. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was funny because at the end, like I said, Kim was like, uh, like this guy's making all this money, and one of his lines was "poop doop doop," and I was like, yeah, I mean, but but also like he also there is production. He's writing. He's playing instruments. He had like six guitars on stage, and at one point he played each and every one because he's doing different songs, you know. So no, that was a really cool show. And then just you know just 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 getting along, going through uh, Valentine's Day, grab you know a bunch of cool stuff uh, for the house for the girls, and uh, you know just kind of trying to make that transition into the uh, the springtime because that weather's been really funny where we get that snow. I got to the point where like I'm like it snowed today, but it's gonna be forty in two days. I'm like not I'm kidding. not shoveling. No. I'm not shoveling that no, shit. No. It, yeah, it snowed this week, and I'm like, my mom's like, uh, do you want to shovel? I'm like, I'm like no. no, do you? <laughs> it's going to be 45 degrees tomorrow. Right. It'll, it'll, and it'll, it's all gone. It's all gone. gone. Yeah. yeah, we found so we found where my where my daughter left the snow shovel in the backyard because it was covered in snow. <laughs> so that once it melted, it was there. Wow. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, uh, you know, we're, we're getting ready. Uh, next weekend will be my oldest uh, 13th birthday. So, wow. yeah, that's going to be, uh, it's going to be really cool for her. Um, I can't. teenager now. I, I can't wait to, uh, um have just uh, two ladies in my life that I love very much and have been around in my life for a very long time be on the same fucking cycle that's going to be super fun um, and then sure sure enough in a, you know before I know it there's going to be three of them so you know that'll be that'll be a lot of fun and the dog yeah and the cat yeah yeah I know you kind of did that to yourself uh, uh, well first of all the let me cat tell you something. dog first of all you know, I, I wanted a boy at some point, right? So when, when my oldest was born, my dad actually would give me a hard time. And he goes, son, you forgot to put the stem on the apple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we're just, just we're just you know, in, enjoying enjoying life. Just, just you know, you know, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of people right there, uh, out there that hate their job, hate their life, hate their situation. I can't complain. No. You know what I mean? So it's just, I'm just always fucking busy. Yeah. Always, always, always busy. Always playing with balls, pinballs, yeah. softballs. Yeah, my balls. Oh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, you know, it, it, it's just what it is. And now here we are again with another 
episode. Speaking of getting older, yes, sir. A great, great show we got for everyone today in this episode in honor of Michael Jordan, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. I don't care what Mike, Mike Logic says, the best basketball all, all uh, basketball player of all time is turning just turned 60 on, uh, I think, what was it, uh, Friday? One of them days. One of them days that was his birthday. That was his birthday. Uh, So we're going to talk about our top six Michael Jordan moments of all time. And we're also going to touch on a few other topics in our rundown. We got all that plus staring apart and what you looking at. But first, this is the Big Three with Big Z. Thanks, E-Rock. I'm Big Z and you're not. Nope. Now for today's stories. Oh, well, I'll cut off real quick. (laughs) This is not my roadcaster. Okay. It was set up. You just kept going down. It it literally just cuts off. Uh All right. Story number one. Uh (laughs) Uh, I think you're going to like this one because it's going to hit close to home for you, huh? Suburban school workers stole 11,000, 11,000 cases of chicken wings, equaling the $1.5 million of embezzlement scheme, according to court documents. Is that all? Is that it? Hey, chicken wings are fucking expensive. They're, yeah, they are now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I remember paying 10 cents a wing. Yeah, and it's like 75 cents for half a wing. Oh, yeah. You just get to lick it. Um. <laughs> what if I, how much to look at it? Yeah, there we go. That, full circle there, Chris Rock. Uh, Cook County prosecutors have charged the former head of food services at the suburban, uh, South Suburban School district of, uh, of engaging a massive embezzlement scheme in which she allegedly stole more than 11,000 cases 11,000 cases Jesus of chicken wings and, and 1.5 million dollars of taxpayer funds over a 19 month period I see God away with this for almost two years how so, do you not know there's chicken wings missing yeah because so from from when I first read this story from what I understand is essentially this happened all during COVID so you had all these schools uh, were still be, being being able to provide yep. meals for kids yep. and you know there's no real real way to track how much food is going out and things like that at that point so I mean I, I think that's where it stemmed from but that's exactly what it is you know here, here's the thing I it, it, I was I forgot what I, I was either reading or I was watching a TikTok. It, probably TikTok because why would I read? Um, but essentially, it was something about like you get these kindness videos. The guy goes in, he's like, "Hey, you know, do you, can I get something? Can I get something to eat?" And they're like, "Well, you know, yeah, sure." He's like, "But but I left my wallet. Or I don't have this." And they're like, "No, you know what? Take whatever you want." He's like, "I'll come back tomorrow, or, or uh, you know, what, what can I do for you?" They're like, dude, you're hungry. Like, I would never like deny someone food, right? Right, right. So. By the same token, how do we know that this food didn't go to people that just didn't have food? Like, is stealing food really stealing? You know what I mean? That's the kind of what it comes down to. Yes, of course it is. There's a value to it. But at the same it's time, like... from the government, so the government don't fucking play. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, they steal enough from us, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, so you, you are right. It can happen from July 2020 to February of 2022. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, they stole from Gordon Food Services, who were were the provider of these yeah. chicken wings. So, yeah. So back in the day, my grandmother was a lunch lady. She actually was a lunch lady at, at uh, Juarez High School, where my coworker Pablo was actually in high school while she was a lunch lady there. So, and the the weird thing about that, I'll tell you, is that um, so the day the the day that I got hired at Stern. I got a phone call on my phone yeah. from Juarez High School. This is Benito Juarez High School. And yep. I was like, I did not answer that call because I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And uh, and it just made me think of my grandmother. And I go and start the job and I ta- start talking to Pablo and find out that he went to Juarez. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? So believe what you want, but there's some spooky shit going on out there. Yeah, that's awesome. 
<laughs> especially, especially in my office, there's always some spooky shit going on. Oh boy. Story number two: Monterey was missing the Dennis the Menace statue. I'm sorry, what? Yes, in Monterey, California, they had a Dennis the Menace statue, and uh, it went missing for a while, and they found it in the lake. That sounds very menacing. <laughs> sorry. Wow. Couldn't help himself. A statue of the comic book strip character was stolen from the park in Monterey, California last summer and was found submerged in a nearby lake. So they said, today's a happy day. <laughs> well, I don't, what's so happy about I, it? My guess he was probably Mr. Wilson. I'll put my money on Wilson. <laughs> was it Wilson from Tool Time? Or, no. Or? <laughs> no. No, it was Mr. Wilson. Oh, yeah. Uh, who played Mr. Wilson? Uh, I'm not Mr. Wilson. Who played the villain in that? That was uh, the guy from. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, well, I, I just I remember it so like I was a Christopher big, Lloyd. Okay, I, I was a big like uh, pull the comic comic section out of the paper. Oh yeah, like uh, when I was a kid. So I like I love uh, Peanuts, Be- Beetle Bailey, um, Marmaduke, Marmaduke. Um, Peanuts was always my favorite. Like yeah. I just loved. Like I had the books. I still got the books. Um, you know, of course, uh, Foxtrot was another one. Calvin and Hobbes was another one, mm-hmm. um, and and there was uh, there's one called Zitz, which is funny. But I mean, <laughs> but the, my one of my favorites was my, my two favorites. It was funny as a kid though. You don't get these jokes. Right. Was Blondie? I don't remember Blondie. Uh, Blondie was oh. was a, a funny one. The, the husband's name was Dagwood. He was kind of a goofball, and it was just kind of set in like 19, 1950s, But it was like real, like you could tell the you can see the pen strokes and the way that they drew. Okay, and it was so consistent, right? It was amazing. Um, of course, Garfield, but yes. the other one was the Lockhorns. Remember the Lockhorns? No. So Lockhorns were a married couple that really just hated each other, and they were always just talking shit, and it was always a one-panel comic strip, and, and most of the time it wasn't even in the regular comic section. It was like in a little different part of the newspaper. Um, but yeah, I remember that one because it was, again, that very... Um, Which one was the circle one? It was like a... Circle. Family Circus. Is that Family, family Circus? Family Circus was funny because yes. Family Circus was literally about a, a family and uh, they, they they would always show, like especially on Sundays, they would show the whole map and you would have like a little dotted line of where the kid went all around the neighborhood and like dropped off, like how oh, made a mess here and this and that. And then they're like, uh, and then every time they would ask, like there was like four kids and like, oh, who did this? And he was like, not me. And then you see a lo- little ghost of a person and on their, on their chest it said, not me because not me did it. Like, or I didn't, or, you know, that little wow. things like that. Oh yeah, man. That I was worse. so, Oh, 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 like I still have books, Beetle Bailey. I have all, all that shit out there, man. I love uh, it. Yeah, it is the Museum of Eddie here. A lot of that stuff came from uh, Mike One's uh, Mike One's grandmother's house when she passed away. She had all this shit, and it was his uncle's little collection in his yeah. uncle's like childhood bedroom in this house. And I snatched up. Wow. It was like these old twenty-five cent paper bags. I got a bunch of them. Yeah, wild. So Dennis the Menace has a, uh, you know. The reason that they have the statue. Yeah, why is, is it there? Because Hank Ketchum. Yeah, that's yeah. Yep, that's was a longtime resident of Monterey County and died there in 2001. Okay. The park's original statue was stolen in 2006 and hasn't been found until now. Get the. F- <laughs> yes, the replacement was stolen in August 2022 by someone who cut through the foot to remove it. This is like this is like the Simpsons when they cut off Jebediah Springfield's head off a bunch of times. A hundred percent. Like. Well, well, it's another day in uh, Springfield. (laughs) (laughs) Story number three. Police in Northwest Indiana. Oh, boy. Indiana. You got to do better. Pips. Yep. A woman is accused of pulling a man's penis in violent manner. Hello. Hello. (laughs) That's not the happy ending you were asking for. (laughs) 
Porter County, Indiana, woman in, in Indiana was arrested Tuesday after allegedly pulling a man's penis in a violent manner. Ouch. Just before 7.15, police responded to the 700 block of Dearborn Road located in Portage Township on a battery report. I thought batteries were not included. <laughs> <laughs> Upon arrival, police met with the caller, a 26-year-old Valparaiso man who stated that he was in a verbal argument with Zephanie. Wow. I'm sorry. Zephanie with a Z. Pennywell. Wow. What? She's 20 uh, while in the kitchen. Man told the authorities Pennywell chased him, grabbed him by the shirt, and then grabbed his penis in a violent manner. Police report states that Pennywell allegedly would not let go and began to pull. Dude, usually you have to pay extra for that kind of shit. Oh, yeah, that's usually the clip I have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A roommate provided police video footage of the incident. <laughs> oh, shit. It's going to be on Pornhub. Um, <laughs> going to be. It's, yeah, it's probably making millions right now. It's probably where they got the footage from. <laughs> Like, uh, excuse me, that's evidence? Like, yeah, 20 million views of evidence. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, Pennywell, was char- Pennywell charging the man and then grabbing his groin area for a short period of time. So was it short or was it long? Hey. Hey. She was later taken into custody at a bar at the 300 block of U.S. Route 6. Wow. Was she still wearing her stilettos at the bar? Oh, my God. While at the bar, Pennywell told police she warned a man to stop antagonizing her. She said that the next person who annoyed her would get the... <laughs> it's, it's it's censored out. I, I'm, I'm saying dicked. I, I'm pretty sure that's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What kind of saying is that? You're gonna get dicked. Maybe you're, maybe you're gonna get fucked up. I, I I don't know. I don't live in Indiana. I don't speak their language. <laughs> <laughs> Pennywell has been charged with battery. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> battery, battery not good. <laughs> God, you know what's? It still reminds me of the Raid of Bobby. Like, the, oh, how do you not go to that story, right? Like, you know, and, and it's from. Uh, I remember. <laughs> I remember because you got to remember this is like early '90s when the Raid of Bobby cut off her husband's dick and threw it into a field. Yeah. And um, and they found it and they reattached it. John Wayne Bobby even did a porno at some point. And I'm like, dude, there's no way you don't have like that Frankenstein like stitch line around your oh, dick, right? Like, yeah, yeah, the X is all over. But yeah. I I remember. I remember um, all the like the parody songs and the stuff. I remember like instead of uh, a wee, remember a wee, a wee, a wee. Um, they were like a ween or chopper, ween or chopper. <laughs> like that was one right there. Wow. And there was another one. I can't. I can't remember Did the top. Weird, of my head. weird Al make one. I don't think so. I mean, somebody That's right up his alley. Oh, well, I mean, he made it beat it, but it was kind of more for this young lady here, Pennywise. <laughs> Pennywise, the dick, sl- <laughs> the dick anchor. I don't know. <laughs> Crank anchors. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Oh, man. All right, guys, I'm Big Z, and that's news to me. Ouch. Yeah. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, percent off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. 
Hey guys, it's Steven. And this is Sean, and you are listening to True Chicago Sports Fans. Don't forget to listen to No War on the Weekend. New episodes on Monday. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah, so we're going to go do a couple of shots. So let's kick it back over to Big Z and E Rock. No War on the Weekend. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E Rock and Big Z. Yes, sir. Hey, E, give us the rundown. Woo-wee, watch your feet, baby. Oh, man, you almost ran me over there. Uh, this is the rundown. We got a few stories to run through with you real quick. Uh, number one, the Bears have officially closed on the purchase of the Arlington Heights property. They announced in an open letter they released last fall. We released an open letter confirming the team had reached an agreement for the purpose of of acquiring 326 acres of property in Arnstein Heights to secure the potential of beginning a new and exciting chapter for the Bears, our fans, the Chicagoland community, and the state of Illinois. This week, we took another step towards realizing that vision by closing on the Arlington Park property. Final purchase does not guarantee the land will be developed, but is an important next step in our ongoing evaluation of the opportunity. There is still a tremendous amount of due diligence work to be done to determine if constructing an enclosed state-of-the-art stadium and multi-purpose entertainment district is feasible. But I'll tell you this, you don't close if it's not feasible. It's going to be feasible. People are like... Well, I don't see the Bears moving. The yeah, okay. They ain't. Yeah, okay. Fuck they ain't. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and that's the thing, too, is like, well, there's Chicago Bears, there's this, there's that. I'm like, look, Dallas plays in Arlington. Like, why can't we play in Arlington Park or Arlington Heights? Like, New what's York the problem? plays in Jersey. Right. So, you know, and, and the thing is, is that the Bears came out. They've been talking about it. I know that I know that Mayor Lightfoot is very, you know, like, she kind of shot herself in the foot. I'll worry about winning games. Well, okay, well, we're worrying about leaving your ass. Like, yep. that's, that's what it is. And they can't replace the team there because the yep. Bears have the trump card. Correct. There's no team that can come within 200 miles yep. of, 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 of of the Bears. So they would have the final say of they, if they say, oh, we want an AFC team. Uh, nope. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you, know, you know, oh, you know what the, what the Bears would do? Like, you want an AFC team? Uh, we have this brand new badass park here. You can have the yep. other eight you games split it. You, you split, split it the it, same, like, the same way that like uh, 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 Los Angeles does with SoFi. Yep, and then the Rams the, and the Chargers, yep. and you got the same thing in with New York. So the difference is in SoFi. That's the Rams stadium. They let the Chargers play there. Correct. That's the difference. But in uh, in Jersey, the Jets and Giants, I think they're split. they're split. So like yeah, like the Meadowlands. You know what yep. I mean? Like so that's what it is. Um, the Bears did uh, come out and say they will work closely along. Alongside the village of Arlington Heights, surrounding municipalities and the residents to solicit extensive feedback on how we can best benefit local communities and Bears fans across Illinois. This planning will include a robust diversity, equity, and inclusion program that prioritizes local hiring throughout every stage of the development. I want to remind you that uh, the brand new president of the Chicago Bears was an integral person in building the new stadium in Minnesota for the Vikings. The one that killed a lot of birds. That that's right. Usually, yeah, <laughs> just the same way the Eagles got killed. Oh, wow! Uh, they also came out and made another statement in, in this very long letter that I'm not going to read the whole thing. But uh, 
They said, here's a couple of things. Should we proceed? The development of the Arlington Heights property would be one of the largest mega projects in Midwest history. Possible construction of a stadium anchored development is projected to by analysis to create more than 48,000 jobs, generate $9.4 billion in economic impact for the Whoa. Chicagoland econ- uh, economy, and provide $3.9 billion in new labor income workers across the region. Uh, the completed project would create more than 9,750 long-term jobs, generate $1.4 billion in annual economic impact for Chicago, and provide mil- uh, $601 million in annual labor income to workers across Chicagoland. Money, money, money. And speaking of money, uh, one last thing. We have publicly stated and repeat here again, if we construct a state-of-the-art stadium, we will not seek taxpayer funds locally or otherwise for the structure. If we proceed, however, the project would require assistance to ensure feasibility, including securing property tax certainty and support for blah, blah, other bullshit, right? So, you know, look, they have to do their job. They're doing their due diligence to make sure that it's feasible. Make sure, First of all, it's feasible. It's feasible. It's feasible. Like, you're talking about the charter franchise of the NFL. 326 acres. There's, it, you're going to find a spot for a damn stadium. You you got the stadium. You got your hotel. You got your sports book. Sports book you got your shopping you got your and you know you there's, there's a concert venue right there. you could do an, you can still have your stadium that you use for the big events and still have an outdoor venue that you yes. can do for outdoor yes. events just like Ravinia does there's so much possibilities it's gonna screw over the United Center the uh, soldier field uh, all state arena it's gonna take away from those venues it'll it, I don't know if that's true I don't know if that's true and I'm gonna tell you why so from my understanding is that United Center has a clause where like you can the reason why WWE goes to Allstate instead of Rose, uh, uh, United Center is yeah. because for any one entity or project to be able to perform at United Center you can only do it some, something like upwards of like four or five times in your lifetime you cannot once you reach that max you can't do it anymore so if WWE were just were unless it's like WrestleMania or something like that uh-huh. they're not going to use United Center because you, you, you're not going to tell me you can't fill that place. No, but what I'm there. saying is that, like, you can, all, all, through the lifetime ever, ever. They've only been there once. Right. And that's what I'm saying but is that that's, that's why they don't go back there. Because they, they because you have your contract, you, it's, a, it's a multi-use building right now because yep. you have two different sports going on in there. Right. But then for your, it, because it's centralized in Chicago, it's close to downtown. It's easy to get to from different states. Because when we went to Adam Sandler, there was people from all over the place there. Um, but because of that, your accessibility makes it so that there's a high demand on the place. And in order to ensure that it just doesn't get flooded with requests or like you got, you know, entities fighting over the possibility to be able to perform there. Yeah. You only you have a certain few number that you're limited to throughout the lifetime of your band or your show or whatever it is. Uh. That's why they don't do that. Uh. Right. Well, fuck you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> To live eight blocks down. What the fuck? <laughs> Instead of driving all the way to fucking Allstate Arena to watch wrestling. But, you know, but that, that's, I don't know how long that's been around, but that's that's part of their thing. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Jonathan Taves. Jonathan Taves. Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about him possibly leaving the Blackhawks, but uh, he's out indefinitely with an injury. Yeah, the Blackhawks captain, Jonathan Taves, provided an update with his health before Sunday's game in a statement through the team revealing that his recent absence because he's still dealing with symptoms of long COVID mm-hmm. and his chronic immune response syndrome. So obviously we, we've talked about this at nauseum that why he was out for such a long time. Right. It was a while to get there. But in a statement, he said, first of all, thank you to all the fans who have shown concern about my absence. Um, 
I'm still dealing with symptoms of long COVID and chronic immune system. It's been really challenging to play through these symptoms. In the last few weeks, it's reached a point where I had no choice but to step back and concentrate on getting healthy. I am thankful for the patience and support of my teammates, coaching staff, and the entire Blackhawks organization. This is a huge blow to the Blackhawks mm-hmm. because they are on the brink of making these trades to make their team better for the future and moving on from the championship years. Taves and Kane are two Hall of Famers uh, that, you know, they're, they're going to be Hall of Famers. Let's just yeah. be honest with you. So they're looking to get some type of Hall. Right for the next draft and the next draft of that and so forth. So this takes a blow. It looks like Taves will be here and look, look, look for K to be traded though. Well, and th- that's the thing too is like you're talking about a 34 year old and he hasn't played since January 28th, right? So like he's he, he's been on the shelf for quite some time at this point, um, and and he's had he didn't play. Uh, the whole 2020 and 2021 season, you right. know, that that season there, he didn't play at all because he had that chronic immune response syndrome. Um, and, you know, he so he also came out and he said it's been really challenging to play through these symptoms uh, in the last few weeks. It had reached a point where I had no choice but to step back and concentrate on yeah. getting healthy. So what what that to me, when I look at that, it. it yes, because he has other stuff going on. It's not just a physical injury. Right. But this also makes you realize or, or reminds you of how tough it is to play NHL and to do it night in night out the amount of work that goes through your body because we're again we're talking about a 34 year old and you look at a guy like LeBron who's 38 right now and he's yep. still doing like you know I mean like he's not like oh I can jump over the hoop LeBron but I mean he's still pretty pretty damn good and you know it, him him just getting the, the scoring record from uh from Kareem yeah. you know so I mean like he's still doing well, wait, things did Kareem block that Hey, <laughs> but I mean, you even see like a guy like Hosu, Hosu, who went through what he did with the skin issues that he had towards right. the end of his career, you know, when he had to kind of step back. And but I mean, like, it, it, it's crazy you seeing all the things that uh, how much this hampers this Blackhawks organization. And to me, it's kind of just like, well, you know, look, this is car- I mean, it sucks for Taves. Don't get me wrong. Like, but it, but to me, it's almost karma on the organization, like your most valuable asset. Uh, I mean, Kaner is still very good. I yeah. think Kaner just moved up the list on all-time points yes. also. Third um, um, in U.S. more players. But, which is impressive because, I mean, God. like, yeah. Um, but, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is is that, again, it sucks that it's happening to Taves, but it's so, to me, it's like karma. Because I even, I was at, so I was at Lids yesterday, mm-hmm. and I saw a really dope, Blackhawks hat that had like a little patch on the side. It's like Spirit of Chicago, and I almost bought it. I'm like, yeah, but I still can't fuck the Blackhawks right now. It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth after all the shit that they that we just found out in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's really hard to be a Blackhawks fan right now. Um, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, Taves has always been my favorite. I know Kane is the better player overall, but Taves has always been my dude. Kane, no, Taves is a better player. Kane is a better scorer. scorer. Yeah. Yeah, that's anyway, yeah. That, that's what I meant. So yeah, but Taves is always my dude, Captain old Captain, and um, I wish yeah. him the, uh, to get well very soon. I, I know he's probably going to end up retiring. You know, if I were him, I'd probably go down that route, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of where you are in your career. I mean, I, and, and look, your last championship, whether regardless of the fact that you had three championships in, in the span of five years, it was eight years ago. That was 2015. Was eight years ago. 
Take whether you back. want to believe that or not. Take me back, son. <laughs> Take me back. Take me back to good times when we had championships in, in the city. Yeah, speaking of uh, missing championships, the oh. Chicago Bulls completely suck donkey balls. They have lost, uh, I think, what, the last six going into the All-Star break. Uh, DeMar DeRozan has hip issues, and, um, yeah, Billy Donovan just sits there and, well, you know, they did good things. Like, uh, you know, go up by 20 and lose by fucking five. Like, how do you do that? How do you how do you consistently? And, and I, if one thing. One thing about the Chicago Bulls is they are absolutely consistent because they find a way to like lose games, lose game. They finding a way to lose games. It's one thing like when you're you're at the end and you're trying to squeak it out and you, it just doesn't work out. Look at the Super Bowl, right? Like it's just like, hey, Kansas City took advantage of that that flag, which was a flag, ladies it and gentlemen. Was a flag, it yes. was a, it was definitely. <laughs> and they I don't care what earlier. Too. I don't. Yeah, I don't care what your what your bet was. It's still it was a legitimate flag, um, but. You look at the fact that right now they, they just cannot get out of their own way. They're, the chemistry is just really weird. And now they're talking about bringing Russell, Russell Wellsbrook, which somehow you... Let's like, do it. Fuck are you why fucking not? serious? Fuck we already got the circus in town. Why the fuck not? Why the that's, fuck not? That's like sh- that's, that's taking a huge dump on a full porta potty right there. Like we got a big pile of shit. Let's throw some more shit on top of it. Let's do it. It's just going to stink more. Let's do it. Like it's ridiculous. What did you, you told me something about they're, they're closer to like the first overall pick yeah, in the playoffs right now. Yeah. If, if they keep losing out, they'll have a 30% chance of getting the number one pick, and they don't have a 30% chance of actually beating a playoff team. <laughs> they can't even, they're not even in a playoff game yet. No. They have to get they have the play in game. The play, it's a number 10 seed. They're not even there yet. So they have a higher chance of fucking getting a number one draft pick with the record that, with the way they're uh. going. That that tells you right now that this team is just fucking dis, dismantled this fucking team. It's well, and that's done. that's what Charles Barkley's been talking about for weeks now, yes. even or months actually. He's like, you should have blew this up like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks ago, whatever. Like Vucci's now you're gone. Now you're past the trade deadline. Yes. and and Vucci might be done, but at the same time, like they're talking about bringing him back and building around him. I mean, you're talking about like what a 32 year old guy, uh, Zach Levine, the lowest IQ in, in the NBA history. Oh I mean, this God. guy is just like basketball dumb. Um, you know, I can you Demar Derozan is, is sitting there wasted his. His his resurgence, his you know autumnal uh, a comeback year last year, um, you know, and and what we're seeing is we're seeing guys like Io just not like we saw a lot of promise last year. He hasn't developed past that point. Kobe White is sitting there, and and Kobe White Kobe hasn't really him. developed like, but but he's still like he does his thing, but he's not getting better. Like he's being consistent. Yeah, uh, when, they, when they leave, they'll be better. Larry Marketing. Yeah, lo- yeah, Larry Marketing, all star. Yeah, all star. Very put, put respect on his kid's name. Play, playing very well in the yes. three point contest. Oh, you, yeah. you know, shooting lights out. So I mean, look, uh, it, this is. I, I don't even have an answer for this for this franchise, right? Because and, and that was one of the things we talked about is is as we were doing our Jordan show this this uh, this week about his 60th uh, birthday. I mean, the the shadow that he cast not only over the Chicago Bulls, the entire city of Chicago landscape as a sports you know, as a sports landscape. The entire NBA and oh, yeah. the entire sports landscape because he was the only one of any sport where you're sitting there. I mean, like Tom Brady just retired, so you can and, and a lot of people consider him the goat because of his longevity and the amount of championships championships he won, goal. Yeah. and because he was able to do it afterwards uh, in his forties without Belichick, right? Yeah, different team, different coach. Yep. And Jordan didn't have to do that. Jordan was consistent, six and zero, six and zero, six and zero. That's all we that's all we always hear. And then all the MVPs and the Defensive uh, uh, Player of the Year and all this shit, yeah. all of his accolades, and the fact that he came out in a time where like there was no huge superstar at the time. He hit at the right point where he went global, and he, and and David Stern yeah. made that global market and all this shit. The cast that he shadows over this team and and like I said, sports in general. 
it's it's you know we're trying to dig out of it but most of the time as bulls fans that's all we have to grasp onto because we just don't know that derrick rose derrick rose is closest to it until he blew out his knee in philadelphia mm-hmm. uh we and then the series before that when when they, they took a couple games from lebron and then lebron was like fuck this shit i'm guarding yeah. you and i'm gonna <laughs> shut you down yeah this ain't happening so i mean Again, I agree with you. This is the, Dirk Rose era was the closest that we were going to get. Jordan's shadow still looms. Yeah, over, and, all, over all the sports. I don't yeah. care what I don't care what you say, because he is the only like. If you ask people in China today about a six-year-old Michael Jordan, and and, and I mean like, don't get me wrong, like his shoes are still out there, yep. new colorways, all this shit. Yep. But if you ask someone in China who's Michael Jordan, they're going to know exactly who it is immediately, right? LeBron's you, kids know. Logic shots, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're scared, go buy a dog. Right. Um, but I mean, you ask someone in China who's Tom Brady, they're like, "That sounds like a Jenner White name." I don't know. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I mean, I. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So I mean, like that's that's the thing is that you're never gonna get out of Jordan's shadow. I don't care. No. You know what I mean? No. And, until you make a serious run in the championship. Well, and, and even then, you have to win one. No, no, you have to win one. Yeah. You have to win one. The, the, only way, the only way that Jordan's statue is still not just, you know, a, a main point of focus when you go to the United Center is if you win one, and you win one convincingly. Yep. And not a pop-up. Not, not a 2005, 2016 championship. Pop-up, yep. A pop-up. You have to do it year after year like the Blackhawks did. Yeah, and with that consistency, and and that's the thing is that yeah, the, your your socks with your 05 championship pop up. Now the Cubs, that the championship was a pop up, but they were going to the playoffs for yes, a couple years before that, yes. and then a couple years after that. So that's that was just you know they're like oh it's a dynasty, it's not, whatever you call that whatever you want. That was the championship era of the Chicago Cubs, right? Right. But the the you've never seen any of these other teams, and and we talked about it before. Are there any superstars in Chicago sports right now? Name one. Name one relevant superstar, quote unquote. There's well, not one. Well, the Sky lost their scoop the superstars. Oh, they lost everybody. <laughs> they, the, the whole team was like, all right, fuck this, I'm out. They, got <laughs> yeah. they wanted um, a field trip to anywhere else. Besides the Blackhawks. But, okay, but are Taves and Kane superstars? They're not superstars anymore. Kane is still a superstar. He is not a superstar. You don't think so? No, because if you look at, like, if you pull the top 10 players in the NHL, Kane is not on there. Okay. okay, okay. You understand what I'm saying? It's, 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 like, it's like if Walter Payton won in, like, 1982 and then, like, 1992. Like, well, is he still a superstar? He's known, but that doesn't make him a superstar, right? That's the difference. Okay, so go down the line. So, the, so we're saying Bulls, no. No superstars. No, 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 no. Blackhawks, no superstars. No. Skies, <laughs> empty barren. Yeah. Uh, White Sox, no. No. Cubs, no. Not right now. Not right now. I mean, people know who Dansby Swanson is, but again, uh, uh, baseball is always he, such a localized sport. Right. He's, not, he's not Mike Trout. But even then, people don't people don't know who the fuck Mike Trout is unless you like baseball. Yeah. He's not a Yankee. He's so, not. A, he doesn't Judge. play for. Aaron, Ju- Aaron, Aaron Judge. Judge, Aaron Judge, but get Aaron Judge plays for the Yankees. Yeah. Unless you play for the Yankees, Dodgers, Cubs, or like Red Sox, you're not really like you could be the you, best. You're not transcending just right. the sport. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I don't care how many commercials you do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then we have none. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's no superstars in the city of Chicago right now. Damn. It's a weird. It's a. Let me it's tell you something. Time. It's it's a weird time. Well, I mean, like we've gone through these dry spells. I mean, and it's not like Philly where we're losing three championships in the spout oh, of ninety geez. days, right? The World Series, the MLS Cup, and the fucking Super Bowl <laughs> in the, what ninety nine days? Like, that's 
That's again consistency, guys. <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> and they looped their poles. Oh. oh. <laughs> Speaking of championships, Matt Nagy is a, is a Super Bowl champion as the, the uh, quarterbacks coach. The, uh, the quarterbacks coach of the of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you wrote chefs. Yeah, because I saw that's how they wrote it on the field. Uh, Isn't that how they did it? Uh, Just the Kansas, the chefs. The chefs. Yeah, we can always see. We can edit ours a lot quicker than the guy that was painting the field. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Matt Nagy is the champion. Uh, once he left here, he went right back to the uh, the Chiefs where he came back to from. Old girlfriend. Yeah, that's true. And uh, guess what? She treated him right. Mm-hmm. She she put a ring on it. And uh, he did his thing. He's he's out there dancing and shit, doing his 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 club white, dub. His yeah, his club dub white guy dance, and you know, trying not to fall off the stage. And I think someone saved his life. Um, but yeah, so now, yeah, not only is the championship, but it sounds like he's gonna get another chance to be the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. Come on, he's since, not gonna be the offensive. Yeah, I'm telling you, Andy Reid. It's I'm still t- gonna whoa, be Andy Reid. So he's gonna be he's gonna be the OC in, the, in, in title, yeah, right? In which title, is fine. Yeah. But at the same time, you're looking at him and you're looking at uh, Eric Bieniemy, who finally is getting a shot yes, out of KC. Finally, for some reason, he cannot he cannot get a head coaching gig. You got both the coordinators in, in Philly uh, for the Eagles going to different teams, right? You got I think the Colts and I forget the other team that that snatched up of the other guy. Um, for their head coaching, oh, uh, uh, the um, the birds, um, Cardinals. So you got the Cardinals, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, the other birds. You got the Cardinals, and you got the uh, um, Cardinals, Falcons, fucking Eagles. What else? Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, the, the Cardinals and the Colts taking away their uh, coordinators, yes. and then you get uh, 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 Andy Reid losing uh, Eric Bieniemy over, it, and he's getting over, going over to take over the OSA spot at Washington. Yeah, so, Rivera. so yeah, so you know, and I don't, I don't understand why he can't get a head coaching gig. Uh, I will tell you that the the staff that they're building in Denver with Sean Payton going over there is going to be very interesting because now they're talking about Rex Ryan going over there to be their coordinator coordinators. He's, he's not. I mean, look, I, look. As long as you keep ninety five, yes. As, as long as you now. keep your shoes on, he'll be fine. Oh, <laughs> he'd be loving that toe jam. He does. Yeah, he's like, he's like, what's up, girl? My name's Earl. <laughs> Show me that toe jam. <laughs> What a reference. Uh, if you don't like, know, look it up. Yeah, like four people that get that shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, look, good good for Matt Nagy. He he look, I we talked a lot of shit about Maggie Nagy on the phone I, I, on this show. Yeah. Especially with with uh with Will who oh, fucking so destroys him. He Matt Matt <laughs> he said Matt Nagy should have been hired like two or fired two years before he got hired, right? That's how they should have. But I mean at, at very least, Matt Nagy did not give up on what he believed in. So oh, neither, did, with his guns. neither did Ryan Pace, right? He <laughs> he stuck to his guns, yeah. and so you could you you could say that at the very least you were consistent, right? I yeah, mean, he wasn't he wasn't a good head coach, but I think he's good at at, at offensive scheming. I think him he doesn't make any adjustments as we've seen with the Bears. He had a good opening right. play, a good opening series, and then after I was like, well. But that sounds, like, that sounds like the entirety of the Bears season this year, too. Well, the Bears had different kind of talent. Oh, although, like, because the Bears would come out, do well in that first drive, and then kind of, like, fade off, and then, like, you saw them, like, halfway through the third kind of wake up again and then try to catch every, you know. Yeah, but by the fourth quarter, you seen the, the, the disparity in talent. In the, in the talent level. Yeah. That's where the yeah. change came in. So, look, um, good for him. Um, again, offensive coordinator name. We know Andy Reid is going to be the guy. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question, speaking of Andy Reid. So... 
leading up to the Super Bowl, a lot of people did ask him if he was going to retire, if he won again, right? And it was a common question. You know, look, you're 65 years old. You've been in the league forever. You know, you're, you're, you've proven that you are one of the best head coaches in NFL Hall history. Hall like, Hall you're Hall. not Belichick, but, I mean, you also didn't have Tom Brady, right? You took, you took, uh, you went to four straight NFC championships with McNabb and the Eagles. You made it to the Super Bowl. If it wasn't for T.O. being fucked up, you probably would have won, yep. right? And then you go to Kansas City. You there for a while to get Pat Mahomes and, what, Six straight. Uh, he's he's been to the playoffs every, every single year every that year. he's been there, right? He got the MVP again, and for the first time in forever, the MVP of the league won a Super Bowl. Yep. You know, Jalen Hurts uh, loses in the national championship game, gets benched in the benched in the national championship game, um, loses and comes in second for the MVP against Mahomes, and then loses the Super Bowl. That's got to be salty as shit, like all the way down the line. I mean, that kid's gonna have a chip on his shoulder. He's a season. fantastic bridesmaid. I gotta tell you that he got a he got a whole closet full of different dresses. <laughs> Twenty seven dresses. Yeah, but I mean, so you you look there. So essentially, yeah, Terry Bradshaw, old ass, come up on the stage oh. and he asked him. He says. He goes, come here, big boy. Waddle your way over here, right? He did say that on live TV at the, on the Super Bowl, wow. uh, telling to the, the 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 head coach of the Super Bowl winning team, waddle your you waddle yourself up here, right? So he comes up there and he's like, all right, you know, you're getting older, this and that, and you know, is this going to be it for you? And of course, Andy Reid, being the you know, the the only thing Andy Reid has ever done wrong is draw mustaches on his players, the one that's sleeping, <laughs> right? So, but I mean, he was like, no, he was, hey, you know, he wanted to kind of focus on the celebration of what's going on right here, right? Yep. And everyone just tore into Terry Bradshaw, oh, this and that. And he was like, and to me, he was like, look, obviously they're fucking friends, yeah. right? Yeah, dress them like that, yeah. right? And he's like. Look at me, Terry Bradshaw. Always talks about being old and fat, yep. right? And you know he just giving him a hard time. It's his buddy, but he wasn't the only one that asked Andy Reid if he was going to retire. It's a common thing. Like, are you going to leave on top? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, so but legit question. But people, I mean, the internet went crazy on Terry Bradshaw. They're like, "You need to retire. You need to retire." And I'm like, "This is two boys talking to each other." You know what I mean? Like that was that's how I interpreted it. But again, you're in a public platform. People can just say whatever they want and, and understand and interpret things however they want. So it, it's it's whatever. But what did you think about that I, whole I, thing? I don't see him retiring anytime soon. No. I, I think he's gonna go out on his own accord. I mean, you got fucking, what's the, Pete Carroll's fucking 90, 99 years old. He is 99 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> but he lives in fucking Seattle, so that, that cuts your, uh, gives you 20 years of life expectancy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking he, he, also, he also has the strongest jaw muscles of any human oh, on the planet with fucking those fucking bubble yum yeah, chewing motherfucker over there. Chomping. I mean, I couldn't, could you imagine saying, just say, hey, hey, Russ, hey. <laughs> I'm like, oh god! Oh, I mean, the worst ASMR of all time. Gum during the game, he doesn't chew gum outside. Of, no, because when he's when he's outside of the when he's outside of the game, he's sucking down children's souls, <laughs> so he can stay alive for one more week. Okay. Oh, yeah. this show is sponsored by True Blood. <laughs> <laughs> Look for the new season of True Blood on HBO. Uh, so you know, you know what's funny? He, uh, um, TNT got the rights to show True Blood. I know. Now. I was yeah. watching it last night. Yeah, I was, I was at like, the bar, and I was like. Why are we watching True Blood on TNT? <laughs> Sucking, literally fucking porn. Yeah, he's like, "Boo, it's me, Bill Compton." Yes, I'm pale and creepy. It's like even and though old. even though I'm fifty and you're twenty. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, everyone looks super young, and I'm like, "Holy crap!" So, I want to touch on another controversial topic real quick before I get to my last uh, part here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiger Woods. 
<laughs> Tiger Woods apparently walks around with tampons in his pocket. And after he made a shot in his, I don't even know, who, I don't even remember who it was because I'm again, golf is the most boring shit of all time. Um, it's fun to play. Not sure, sure. Well, it's fun to play, but also like anything's fun to play when you're drinking. Like, well, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, but I'm not watching. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, yeah. oh god. I get that. I get that. Like you go bowling because there's drinking. Yeah, I went. Well, I went bowling once. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, go no, no, you went bowling with your with your uh, company. Yeah, but but that was like they they were getting ready to tear down that bowling alley. That's why we went oh. in our in the town where we work. And they're drinking. Yeah, I mean there was only like I only had three or four pitchers <laughs> by myself. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so Tiger Woods uh, made a shot in his own tournament after all the shit that he's been through, and he passed along a tampon to uh, his fellow player who he, he made a, a, a you know I'm sure he had a bet or he's talking shit, and you just kind of like slipped it to him, and a lot of people lost their minds, you know, talking about feminism and how can you you know making a joke about you know him needing a tampon because he's a woman and this and that, and I'm like, he's not. He that that's the problem is like I look I don't disagree with you know um, watching what you say or like being courteous and being respectful of different people whether they're man or woman or their culture or their race or whatever it is you know but I mean this was clearly like an inside joke between him and his buddy it wasn't meant to be seen and he literally you they had to zoom in on his hand right so I mean like shit like this was probably going on forever but the problem is, is that everyone has a high speed like high definition camera in their pocket at all times and and you zoom in I'm quick looking, enough i'm looking at the picture and it looks innocent as hell it looks like they're holding hands almost yeah right and he's and and then uh the, the other golfer's name is justin thomas oh okay okay so sure. yeah like whatever just yeah. fucking general fucking Billy white Smith. Guy name. same, yeah, exactly. same guy yeah and and you know tiger's got his eyes you know kind of half shut because he's probably high as hell and um, you pain know, killers yeah I'm falling in that ditch Rolling, rolling, rolling. Okay. <laughs> so it looks like they're holding hands. You don't even see the tampon. Yeah. So it, it, yeah. I, I mean, it's an inside fucking joke at this point. Yeah. It's probably like stop playing like a pussy. And I and I get look. I, that's, that's the thing. What it is is that. It, and here's the thing. Two friends just talking shit. Yeah, and and that's the thing. They're like, well, it's degrading to women. I look. I understand what you're saying. I understand the sentiment, but at the same time, he wasn't saying anything directly to a woman. He wasn't nope. hitting her. He wasn't putting her down. He was basically telling his buddy. It's like maybe you're on your period. <laughs> like I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes we're getting to the point where stuff is getting bl- really blown, really out of, out of proportion yeah, out of pro- and, for no reason. Yeah, I mean, I on during the summer. One of the, uh, the uh, oh, I think it's a, is it Stevens team, the Pirates, uh, the yeah, the Butt Pirates or something. Yeah, the Butt Pirates, called. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they have it a plunger. Right. They have a plunger with a flag, uh, <laughs> 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 and it has a, you know pirate flag on it. And I think that's hilarious. But how much offensive could it be if it was just a fucking dildo that it would just slap on and stick on there? Like, yeah. hey, you're playing like a dick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> short and to the left. I don't know. Fix it. You short, know, short shuffle and always to the left. Yeah, oh, liar, liar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the movie reference in this one. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't think with the big con- with the big controversy, it's just two fucking people having a yeah. fucking good time. Yeah, I mean, again, I got look. He we, didn't we, slap a fucking uh, yeah. What, what, he didn't slap a tap out of the guy on the guy's back or nothing. Yeah, like that. he didn't dip it in Kool Aid and throw it at him. Yeah. <laughs> But you know that's I don't know, man. It, I just it felt like a push. It felt like a lot. Like I was like, eh. like shut the fuck up, buddy. He's Tiger's fucking plane. What fucker should right? 
a fucking bionic man. That's right. That's right. I'm on my way, baby. I'm on my way. <laughs> when I get when I get another hit, baby, I'll start playing golf. A um, couple more things. Uh, so we are uh, right smack in the middle of the NBA All Star Weekend festivities. Um, Dame, Dame, finally love that kid. Dame went 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 ahead and won the three point contest, beating out guys like Laurie Markkinen and other uh, shooters. Uh, there was a couple of guys in there just embarrassed themselves. Um, I think uh, Buddy Heald was in it. He's like one of the best shooters um, in, in the NBA this year. So, oh, Indiana you know, kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there was like two Pacers in it, which Reggie Miller said, it's going to be Pacer versus Pacer. And I said, shut nope. the fuck up, Reggie. Um, <laughs> no one likes you, Reggie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No one could call weed after you, Reggie. Um, anyway, so yeah, Dane went out there. He uh, uh, won the title, so good for him. I think he won like the skills competition way back when. So yep. he, it was almost like Zach when he was trying to win the dunk contest and, and the, the three-point three yeah. contest, which you know he failed miserably at. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, shout out to Dane for winning that. And then they went on and did the dunk contest, and uh, former Bull, all-star, 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 barely known Bull, uh, Matt McClung, Wins the dunk contest, four dunks, three of them got perfect scores. Dude, that that dunk where he dunked over two people and then tapped the fucking backboard and then dunked it, that was phenomenal. Six foot two white dude. Six foot two white dude. Who said white man can't jump? Uh, I think it was Wesley Snipes. There you go. That's who it was. (laughs) (laughs) You know they're making another one with- uh, It's a show on Hulu. Uh, No, I think it's a remake of the movie. It's gonna be and it has uh, who's the fucking the rapper uh, Jack Jack Harrell yeah something like that right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. some white boy uh, so yeah so Matt McClung first G League player to win the slam dunk contest love that three of four dunks were perfect scores of fifty he's only played two NBA games in his career one with the Bulls and one with the Lakers and he actually signed his Huey contract with the 76ers on February 14th so good for the kid wow. he's actually in the NBA but he you know he, he's coming up to the NBA right it was they were getting ready for the for the uh for the break when they signed him that contract that that 360 dunk was awesome too yeah yeah, well, th- now was hanging up there. Now the, the the funniest comment I seen out of all of this, and he seems very humble. He seems like uh, he does seem like he hangs out with some brothers because you hear when he's like, "Yeah, you know, I just appreciate y'all." And I'm like, "You do," <laughs> but I, I will say the 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 most controversial thing that I heard is like, "How are they gonna let a white boy win a dunk contest during Black History Month?" Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! Oh, uh, Barry won it. John Barry. Oh, did he? No. Yes. But but is this? Is Brent, that, oh no, Brent Barry. Brent Barry. Right. I was gonna say. Doesn't does that count though? Because isn't that one where like all the players were white? Like you could only have one black player. No, no. We're talking about, we're talking about <laughs> the, the Barry that. What did he play for? The Clippers. Did he? Not. Nah, oh, yeah. I don't, Clippers. I don't care. I don't care that much to be honest <laughs> with you. I just thought it was a it was a funny comment. Uh, on to the uh, final segment of the rundown. Uh, we reach our obituaries. We had a couple of uh, pretty significant uh, deaths this last week. Raquel Welch passed away at the age of 82. Sexy, uh, man, sexy, one of the most sexy. One of those old school sirens. If you ever seen a Shawshank, you know her very well. Mm-hmm. Fuzzy britches up there uh, on the wall when uh, the the warden yep. throws the 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 rock through the hole. Um, she rose to fame in her back-to-back roles in Fantastic Voyage and One Millionaire's BC, uh, both in 1966. Um, she, you know, it was it was the She's whole. Always been referenced in anything uh, as far as like 
who's the sexiest woman of, of all time? Right. Raquel Welsh. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she so she blew up in the in 60s and 70s. Uh she got a bunch gorgeous. of golden globes. I mean, even even in, in their 80s and and you know, I mean, she was just absolutely gorgeous woman. So, um, you know, she was one of these she was one of the first like post uh, uh Marilyn Monroe sex symbols that you saw out there. Mm-hmm. Right? But she actually had talent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, she could actually act. Right. Exactly. Uh also passing away a longtime MLB star and Hall of Fame broadcaster Tim McCarver passed away at the age of 81. Yes, he was the uh Ford Frick Award winner in 2012 for broadcasting. Um he was the MLB MLB vet, 21 years and Hall of Fame broadcaster. Like I said, um, he was uh, collecting two. He collected two World Series rings with the Cardinals in 1964 and 67. He was a catcher for most of his career, and he played all the way from 1959 to 1980. But then he went out to broadcast for you know Fox for ever, yeah, and ever, he, and ever. He called just about every World Series. I mean, he was he was phenomenal. I loved him. Right, absolutely. I mean, and he just know he was one of these dudes that was like in the game so long, around the game so long, that he just knew, he knew all the nuances, right? Like once you play for that long, right? You're talking about what a thirty-one, no, no a twenty-one year career, right? Um, you know, you 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 see when it was every day you play baseball, you see something new. He didn't see new shit anymore. No, <laughs> he already saw it all, right? So, yeah, he so saw Babe Ruth play. He did. <laughs> he was Babe Ruth's bench coach. Yeah. All right. Uh, one more uh, notification we got today, actually. Richard yeah. Belzer, uh, the comedian and actor best known for playing uh, acerbic detective John Munch across a number of NBC crime dramas, including Law & Order Special Victims Unit, over 20 years has died at 78. He passed away peacefully this Sunday morning, local time in his home in France. Ooh. And... Uh, he apparently had a lot of health issues. So, yeah, I actually have a Richard Belzer book because for those who don't know, he actually also did stand-up comedy back in the day. Oh, shit. Yeah, he, he, was, been, he was around for a long, long time, and he, you know, 20 years of doing the same role. It, it's weird because you're playing with the pictures, and that first picture, not that one. I, I've seen him like that. Yeah, the dark that hair. That one with the dark hair, I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. That's how I remember seeing him the first time I, I remember seeing him, and then... Yeah, yeah, him, him, and Jerry Orbach right there. Just yeah. like that was that, you know, that was them in the show. The funny thing is, is, is when you think about that era of crime dramas and like you know law dramas or whatever, you had L.A. Law, you had you know like Hill Street Blues, but you didn't have like the the ones that came a little bit more uh, NYPD Blue. Blue. Yeah, none of these guys were like undercover. Super, yeah. Superstars, right? Like they, they no. but, but they were just the longevity where you're like, oh, yes. you know, not only do I know you, but my grandmother watches you on Ice reruns T. on TNT. Ice T was supposed to be uh, like, like, like a cameo, yeah, a cameo for three episodes, and he's done it for twenty years now. Right, right, and and which is funny because. <laughs> So my my favorite thing about Ice T being on that show is John Mulaney does a bit about him where he's always like super like uh, uh, surprised about the things that they're talking about, right? So you know, and, and just the, the phrases. I I, I don't want to look that up. Ice John Mulaney talking about Ice Q or Ice T on fucking uh, uh, Law and Order. It's hilarious. Uh, last but definitely not least, as you heard to start the show. Dove, True Boy the Dove from uh, De La Soul passed away last week at the age of 54. Um, for those who don't know anything about De La, De La was, was making their own shit. It was like Tribe. 
um, at the time when you had all these guys, especially West Coast hip hop, like gangster rap and shit like that. You know, Daylight was middle, middle class guys, and they're like, "Look, man, we're just making funky shit that that we like that that's fun, that's like yeah. not heavy, right?" And like you know, you look at. You know when they came out in 1989 with uh, three feet highs and rising like i said you know it was every like everything was aggressive and guns and shit like that and we're like look man we're just like we're telling you that we're dope and like that's what every line is about like we're having fun and like the fun like the how much it you can't listen house to party yes and play. yeah we're just gonna have fucking fun you at a house can't, party let's you, play this music you can't not enjoy daylight and just like not have a good time like it's oh, party yeah. daylight like i said tribe like you know what i mean like uh lords of underground like all of that right there um, you know, leaders of the new school, like all of that shit back in the day, it just it just felt good. And uh, you know, it, it, it's crazy though because we're getting to the point. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, when we were young, rappers were dying from violence, from gunshots and shit right. like that. But in, the, in, in but in the past like ten years, we lost a member of the Beastie Boys to cancer. Mm-hmm. We lost. Um, um, okay. Yeah. So like we tried. Yeah. I. I yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I'm the one with the bad memory, so I can't fucking talk shit. Uh, so yeah, but so so we lost uh, we lost five dog a couple of years ago. Remember yes. Georgie went yes. to the whole celebration, and you know now now we lose a uh, true boy the dub from from Daylight. I mean, like the fact of the matter is like someone from the Beastie Boys, someone from Tribe, and someone from Daylight is now passed away, and not and from illnesses, right? From getting older and just life happening. And Mick First, Jagger's still out there. Mick Jagger, these old man. <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, you want to talk about sucking sucking the souls out of fetuses and oh. to just to stay alive? Now you know, stay alive. So yeah, uh, that's that that's that one was a gut punch, right? That was one of the ones where you just like. You know, it was almost like when Kobe died. We was like, God damn! Like, are you for real? Yeah, that Kobe thing. That that one really did suck. That I, one, I didn't believe it for a good hour, a couple hours. But it, it's 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 crazy though. Just like as a hip hop fan, as a hip hop head, to like feel the uh, the 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 wrath of of disease coming down on your favorite rappers from back in the day. I mean, that's 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 tough, man. Yeah, it's like you know, like I said, you know, seeing Superman, and you're talking out in this cave, and like, oh my God, you're old. Yeah, yeah, I'm 54 ain't old though. No, no, because we're right around the corner. Uh, don't remind <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the rundown. We'll be right back with uh, some Jordan 60th birthday talk after a word from our sponsors. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15% off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Hey, this is comedian Ken Gar, and I was just a guest on the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock. Big Earl E-Rock. and G-Money and a bunch of weirdos. So tune in! Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Oh, yeah. 
Ladies and gentlemen, in honor of Michael Jordan's 60th birthday. 6-0. 6-0, this old bastard. <laughs> <laughs> we are presenting our top six Michael Jordan moments in Bulls history. Sometimes I dream that he is me. Got to see that's how I dream to be. Brian, you ain't got no damn theme song. <laughs> you know, the, the only thing I hate about that song is that uh, there is a movie called Like Mike with Little Bow Wow. And that was uh, inspired, the name of it was inspired by that song. Never That's, saw it, never want to see it. It doesn't exist. Oh, I've world. seen it. I've, I've seen it. Yeah. He couldn't be like Mike. No. He couldn't be like Mike. Okay, coming in at number six, I have The Shrug. Now, this has very significant sh- uh, importance to this show, but for the uh, the background of the situation, this is in the 92 Finals Game 1, the Bulls against the Blazers. Um, he the, the, the whole thing was that he wasn't a very good three-point shooter, right? Like nope. He was, at best, a mediocre three-point shooter, making mediocre. just 30... <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> making just 32.7% of his shots from there, and in the the 91-92 season, he only made 27% of the shots, uh, of his three-point shots. But in that June, he stitched together perhaps the most memorable three-point shooting sequence of all time. His rat-a-tat uh, firing of six three-pointers against the Trailblazers in the 92 finals led to the shrug, one of the best reactions in NBA history. Now, so from my recollection, the shrug was meant to go towards Magic Johnson because he was on the call. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the whole thing. He looked over, and 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 Jordan was was not shy about like making sure that everyone knew how he felt about them. Right after you know he had to overcome everything playing the Lakers and finally making it to the first finals in '91. Um, you know it, the fact that he, he did the shrug and just looked and was like, "Shit, I don't know how I did it either." Yeah. That's exactly what felt like a bowling last week. <laughs> I had no idea what's going on, but it's going. Yeah, I mean that, that's one of the most iconic things that Jordan did was the shrug and like. It, it, it's 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 big as the ocean right now. That's how the uh, big the rim is. I'm just shooting. It's going in, right? And and now now here's the thing: is for those who have f- been following us for a long time, should know the the significance of the shrug to our show. But for those who don't, the whole show started because his, his last dance came out, and yep. his bodyguard with the little the little white afro did the shrug after he beat him in game of quarters. And so the, the the guys the bodyguard's uh, son reached out to us and uh, you know we did an interview with him uh, your John, your phone conversation John Michael Wozniak yeah and and that was the rest is history so I mean that was is why it's important to not only the show but uh, that was why I picked it for our number six overall uh, so I think our Jordan new, our new shirts should have the shrug on it that's a good yeah that's a good idea <laughs> I like I like that <laughs> I do like that all right in. Coming in at number five, we have the shot over Elo. The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Set the Cleveland Cavaliers. Michael Jordan hits it at the foul line. One to 100. Yeah, Michael Jordan hits the shot over Elo. 
Um, that was, you know, what, what is this? Nineteen May seventh, nineteen eighty nine. wasn't a championship. It uh, wasn't a champion yet. And the thing is, is that the the, the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers were actually good. Yeah. They had Steve Mark, Kerr on that Mark, team. Mark Price is on that team. Uh, Doherty was on that team, I believe. Yep. Uh, who else is on that team? That was fucking good. Um, uh, Ron Harper. Yeah, Ron Harper was on that team before pre pre Bulls. Ron Harper. Right. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, the thing is, is that this was brought to light again, you know, again during the last dance. Um, all these years later, it's thrilled to see Jordan take himself back there when he's speaking about the moment. Um, again, they weren't a championship yet, and and each of his fist pumps in Cleveland were fueled by contempt for anyone who didn't believe he'd ever become a champion. This was only his second uh, playoff series victory, but both him and Doug Collins, uh, the former coach of the Bulls at the time. Say it really propelled the team to greatness. Now, this is this along with the uh, the Byron Russell shot. You, this is that shot where you're like, oh, okay, this is that that exclamation point to show, yes, I can do this. I can be that dude in the NBA. If I remember correctly, they were down in that series, and they were written off. Well, I mean, they were know, the underdog for sure. It sounds like they were written off, but they didn't write back. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, at that time, you know, the the Bulls. Uh, one one less games in the Cavs. Yep. Right. The the Cavs swept them in the regular series. Yep. Right. And you know, Jordan said in, in the last dance, he goes, "Look, we we felt like we had nothing to lose, so they just went out, played balls out, and you know, it, it, Jordan had been writ off, written off at that time several times in his career, several times in his basketball career, going back to his junior high days and when he you know his petty ass brought up his his old uh, his it was it was a junior varsity coach yep, yep. <laughs> when he went to the hall of fame yeah, so like a personal yeah so anyway that is number five coming in at number four no no don't do it the flu game oh the flu game the flu game yeah, the, I, the conspiracy around the flu game that they poisoned this pizza no matter how sick i was how tired i was i felt the obligation my team, the city of Chicago, wow. give that extra effort. The big story here tonight, the story concerning Michael Jordan's physical conditions. This Jordan arriving about two hours ago. He is suffering from flu-like symptoms. And Jordan trying to slip it, and then took it back and hit. So Michael Jordan, despite... Yeah, so that night uh, they were they were in 1997 in uh, Salt, Salt Lake, Lake City, City, where the, the slots are playing. All star, <laughs> <where> the slots. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah, the the Bulls and Jazz were tied two two in that uh, 97 NBA Finals in Game Five. Um, he was so sick and suffering from flu-like symptoms that at times he staggered. A dehydrated and exhausted Michael Jordan wills himself to 38 points against the Jazz in a pivotal Game 5, adding to his legend as a clutch performer and relentless competitor. Now, from what I remember, the story was they were really trying to get food. There was nobody around, and was open. eventually open. Yeah. they're like, okay, well, here's a pizza spot. And, you know, the, the I guess the guy who they actually called to deliver it, it was a different person, and they were all kind of like standing around his room looking at him to see if he's going to eat it and the conspiracy is is that they poisoned his food and he had uh food poisoning going into yeah. that game yeah 100 and the most iconic thing that i remember is, is pippen holding him up after yes. he's after you know he scored a, a basket and they call a timeout and he's literally carrying jordan to the ba- uh, to the to the bench because jordan's like i have nothing left 
So lacking energy, the Bulls' future Hall of Famer looked lost in the first quarter and then scored 17 in the second. He struggled in the third and then flickered on in the fourth to score seven points during a 10-0 run that erased Utah's 77-69 lead. His three-pointer in the final half minute gave Chicago the lead. It did not lose, setting up the infamous video clip of Pippen carrying off Jordan. Yeah, scored 38 points that night. Jordan came out and said, probably the most difficult thing I have ever done. I almost played myself into passing out just to win a basketball game. Not just any game, though. A finals game. Yeah. Said uh, Phil Jackson came out and said, this was a heroic effort, one to add to the collection of efforts that make up his legend. So this is just another one of those moments. This is why we're able to do these type of lists because he had that will he had that wherewithal he had that ability and that drive to overcome whatever obstacle was in his way to make sure that everyone knows i'm still the fucking man yeah it's not lebron you know with a hang nail I'm like oh i can't play or you know my lining's off um you know you had jordan who had the will the the, and the intestinal fortitude to say no matter what i am going to go out there and carry my team it didn't matter what the situation was, how I'm feeling. He understood the the magnitude of the game being down two games. He's like, if we're down three games, we're, we're not making it. We're not going to make it. Right. So uh, it, him putting there, the whole team on his back, and, and again, it, it, the rest is history, and this is why the lore of Jordan still leans strong. Absolutely. I mean, and, and look, LeBron never had no moment like that. No. Right? He he, LeBron had the, the the campaign about we're all witnesses, right? We're all witnesses to his greatness. And don't get me wrong, LeBron's a great player. Yeah, we I, I his ass leave Cleveland, leave Miami, <laughs> <laughs> leave Cleveland again. He's gonna leave LA pretty soon. But he every every stop he's made, every every team that he's played for, he's gotten them a championship, right? He had, it's true. He got it. He, he yes. had to go back to Cleveland. He did go to the finals early with Cleveland, yes. but he had to go back to win the finals. He went he won the finals in Miami. He won the finals in, in, with the Lakers, like. He, he does have championship pedigree. And no matter what you want to say about LeBron, I still I believe he would have been a very good player in the 90s. He plays to what the, the, the game is right now, and that's yes. pleading to the refs, right? You, you Jordan complained. A lot. But he never flopped. I mean, no. he, he, he put it this way. He, it's not that he never flopped, right? He, he, he did do it. There's, there's evidence of him, like, exaggerating a fall. But LeBron does it when there's like a drop of sweat on the floor. That's the difference. When a guy waves his, his hands in front of LeBron, LeBron is like, "Oh my god!" Right? You know, shots fired. There's a sniper in the roof. Like uh, if you if you fart three rooms three rooms over from where LeBron is, LeBron's like, "Ah, oh, ah, oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> my hearts, I'm going down, guys." The thing with LeBron is that he did go to the finals with the Cavs early in this year. Yeah, with nobody, uh, with right. Anderson Verjao. Yeah, but he went to Miami to a team that was built. Well, he he built him and D Wade. You know they built that team together with Chris Bosh. I mean, but D Wade was already there. You already had a superstar there that was still good. Not true, because you remember when they signed, they were all free agents because they were part of the 03 draft class. They were all three. Oh, they, they were, were all three free agents. agents. They had but, to agree yeah, to he all was, sign. But he was there. already in Miami. He wasn't gonna leave. Dwayne Wade was not gonna leave. Hey, hey everyone else left. Hey, Chris Bosh was a budding superstar in, in Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. LeBron was a superstar in Cleveland. Oh, that whole banana boat thing. Well, that's two. Yeah. <laughs> Better than a banana hammock, I suppose. <laughs> Coming in at number three in our all-time Michael Jordan moments. Oh, boy. I'm back. He doesn't want to simply be effective or even be an all-star. He wants to be the best again. He wants to dominate. Can he? And if he can, are the Bulls a championship contender? 
The atmosphere in Market Square was electric. We ran out onto the floor and the air was thick with anticipation and anxiety. It felt like the finals. Boy, oh boy, listen to the reaction here at Market Square Arena as Michael took the court. It was an emotional moment. There he was, he was back. 21 months after his last appearance in an NBA game, Michael Jordan has returned and he's wearing number 45. I didn't want to go to 23 because I knew my father wasn't there to watch me. And I felt it was a new beginning. And 45 was my first number when I played in high school. Oh, man. Yeah. I remember the whole city littered with I'm back, the newspapers, the little leaflets. Yes, it's right there, yeah. right in front of you. It says, welcome back, Michael, from the Chicago Tribune. So those who don't remember back in the day when we all used to buy and read newspapers, yes. they used to have the little cardboard insert on the bottom of for the advertising. Yes. And whenever the Bulls were in the uh, the playoffs, whenever the Bears, they always had a little cardboard cutout. People would steal them. That's yeah. probably how I got mine. <laughs> but it's essentially the the Bulls logo, Chicago Tribune, or sometimes whatever, and it says, I'm back. And that was the simple words that Michael Jordan uh, provided. Back back to the uh the nba saying i'm back now this is after he retired after his father passed away after those first three championships he missed all of the 94 season trying to play baseball which he was terrible at um but it was good against the cubs okay a double um yeah and i had a double stack when i went to the cubs game last time so it doesn't really (laughs) mean much um but yeah so this is after his 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 first retirement um that was there's always still to this day a lot of speculation as to why he retired. Was it due to him having gambling debts? And David Stern wanted to just, give yeah, you know, him like suspend the best, the yeah, best player in the world. It's like, uh, how about you're not technically suspended, but we have a handshake deal. It's it, it you know there, there's conspiracy Whatever about his father being a victim of him owing debts. There's yes. a lot of different stuff, but from from what we heard from the last dance and just knowing uh, Jordan's history. It was really came down to his father always wanted to play baseball as well. He, yeah. Baseball was his father's first love, so he wanted to give it a shot after his dad passed away. He couldn't stay he couldn't stay away very long because uh, he came back with a whole new number in uh, ninety five with, with, with Jordan's shoes. I was like, come back, uh-huh. come back. pointing right to the the yeah. the, uh, the sole of his shoe. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that uh, that yeah. Uh, um, so his his agent David Falk yes. sat there for days on end trying to figure out how do we construct a statement to say be eloquent and and be michael jordan-esque what's going to be fitting for michael jordan and jordan says after all the things that david falk presented to him he's like scratch that bullshit and he wrote i'm I'm back fax it fax that shit (laughs) and and the rest is history he came back and he and he won three more titles and uh you know just in, in, in a very Jordan-esque way, it was just magical to watch him come back for his first full season and then win a championship. And, and then win all of the games, 72-10, yeah. and, and, and win a championship. And when he came back, he almost beat the Orlando Magic. Right, right. Was it, that, That's a, that the, was Shaq, the, the Shaq and Penny Magic. Dennis Scott, who stole yes. the ball at the end. Scott Skiles. Scott Skiles. I mean, but yeah. the guy had not played for two years. Right. That's the only way you're going to get it off, off of him. Yeah, and and that's the thing is that, you know, I I think, I don't know about you, but I know that when I was a kid and and thinking, like, I was, 
I was almost shocked when Jordan missed a shot, right? Like, you oh, always yeah, expect him to hit every single shot that he ever took. Yeah. So the fact that he comes back and he's not, like, this miracle worker that can, you know, pull them through the dredges and make and get them to the finals for another win in 95, but then come back and do it for three more. Um, I mean, it, it, was, it was just... A really incredible time as a uh, as Chicago sports fans, especially our age, between the, the ages of 11 and 18, watching this team just be amazing. Like everyone in Chicago, that's all we wanted to do is play basketball. I, I want to be. I want to go to the other universe. You know, because there's multiple universes. You know, right? Yeah. yeah. I want to go to the, the multiverse. Other, yeah, multiverse. I want to go to the other universe where Jordan doesn't retire and the Bulls play the Rockets in those two series, and yeah. I want to know who to win because Hakeem Olajuwon was a motherfucker. Yep. He was the best player at that time. And, and that team was constructed from 1 to 15 on amazing Sam Cassell and Robert Ory and mm-hmm. him. And oh, they had a great team. And had Clyde Drexler, who ended up joining them in, in the second championship, yep. that put him over. I mean, can, can you imagine the Bulls playing them in a seven-game series? You want to know the funny thing about that is Drexler leaving – uh, Portland, Portland yeah. and then going down there and, and we're talking about the time when you know we always talked about like well they never they never jumped ship and they never changed teams I mean like they they did but it or wasn't at the end of it, their career at the end of the career and it wasn't them. it wasn't always on their own volition right like right. when jo- when 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 Rodman came over to the Bulls right he was had no been problem with San Antonio San Antonio and that's when that's when he was really dying his hair and all that shit and and you know I don't think people really thought that much about Dennis Rodman anymore at that point in his no. career there like he's a throwaway yes and the way that he had been acting up and and the attitude and just the just all the weird shit that that Rodman did and they said we'll give you Will Purdue for him yeah thank God uh <laughs> now he, no, he does post game yeah Will, he, Will Purdue is very good but he, he is kind of terrifying he reminds me of the, like that fucking 20 foot skeleton that people put out on uh, Halloween <laughs> and he's just like you see is like it takes him like six years to move one arm above his head he's just so big it's kind of terrifying nightmare before Christmas <laughs> <laughs> what's the next moment sir number two of our top six Michael Jordan moments of all time. Mm-hmm. With game six of the finals on the line, everyone in the Delta Center, <laughs> Utah Jazz coaches and players included, knew the ball would end up in his hands. For the Chicago Bulls, too, it was another no-brainer. There was no play to call, no screens to set. It was simple. Get it to 23. That Michael Jordan is the go-to guy in the last seconds of any closed Bulls game is the worst secret of basketball and still makes no difference. This is the shot over by Russell and the little push that I didn't see. I didn't see a push. What push? Did you see a push? I didn't see a push. No, I saw an amazing shot. That's, That's all I, I saw. saw. I saw everyone's mouth open. Yeah. <laughs> and here comes the ball. <laughs> 43. They swat at it and steal it. Here comes Chicago. 17 seconds. 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. He gets Brian Russell with a quick crossover. Look at Brian Russell slips. And Michael pulls up and buries the shot to give him a one-point lead. That may have been. Who knows what will unfold in the next NBA? Watch Jordan's left hand here as he gives Russell the push. Referee can't see that. One of the greatest shots of all time. 
and again, it, this is a different era, right? There's no cell phones at this point, right? So everyone is actually watching the game, and you can see everyone's reaction. If, if I, and I wish I had the money because I would want that in like I don't know a poster size, humongous poster size, color. Uh, well, actually, I've seen it where the whole crowd is black and white, and the only thing in color is Jordan. It's Jordan, yeah, with the, the red and the basketball yep. going uh, towards the hoop, and that that is one of the most iconic shots of of our 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 era. I can say that, but everyone knew the ball was going to Jordan. Yes. And Byron Scott was chirping the entire fucking game, yep. saying, oh, I can guard you, I can shut you down. Um, sir, he scored 35 on your ass. Look. Uh, and he averaged 35 for the finals. You know, we 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 weave LeBron in and out of this, right? And and yeah. for good reason. Yeah, LeBron's because one of the greats. He is one of the greats. He, I mean, like, you know what I mean? You, you can, he's got to be in the top five, regardless of – how you feel about him you look at the his accolades all around player. yes yes now again i still think he would have been great in the in the, in the 90s he could I think I, he I, has a body structure for yes it. yes yes and i think he has a basketball iq oh yeah the difference being is that to me like lebron never has the drive that jordan did right no. jordan refused to lose he doesn't have the kobe mama mentality no 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 and, that, and where do you think kobe got it from kobe right. emulated jo jordan i mean kobe did just ran the blueprint yes that's all he did. Kobe found, and and whether you what, however you thought about Kobe during his career, I I was always like at the tour when he was getting close to getting a sixth championship, I was kind of like I was like no 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 like fuck Kobe <laughs> like I don't like you, you know what I mean? But like as you as you keep going, you you, re, you realize and you appreciate his his greatness his greatness his his his. Kobe did what all of us wanted to do. He was the only one I've ever seen actually be able to emulate Michael Jordan, right? Down to the way he talked, the way he moved, the way he interacted with the media. He, oh the way God, everything. The, the biggest difference with Kobe is that Kobe actually would give young guys a chance and, you know, talk them up. Like Kobe on the sidelines after his playing career as a retired player, learning Luka Doncic's language so he could talk shit to him on the sidelines. Yes. And Luka's like, oh, what the fuck? And Kobe's over there like, yeah, that was me. That was me. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, that's the difference between Kobe and Mike. But overall, you know, it, you can't – there's there's not enough that you can say, considering the fact that his last shot – now, granted, he did come back with the Wizards for that little bullshit Kwame Brown season – time whatever but even then he was the hardest like working player on the court right yes and you know that averaging 20 when he was 40 there, there you go there you go and it's kind of like uh leo DiCaprio's dating what is it that to take your age cut it in half and that yeah, yeah okay um but that I don't I don't I don't really count those those wizards years. No. Because that right there, that's how you end a career. With one shot. With one shot. And you went going out on top. Yes. Right. Right. And then you leave Carl Malone out to the sidelines. Ooh, I'm so sad. Like anyone see my cowboy hat? All of that. Yes, sir. All of that leads up to this where it all began. Nineteen ninety one. NBA Finals. Bulls versus Lakers. What a phenomenal series. This is, uh, and I know this was kind of like the end of the Lakers because they were very old at this point. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but you still had an all-star team, one through nine, on the Lakers. The Bulls are an up-and-coming team, just getting over the hurdle of playing the Pistons, who had been in their way the last couple of years. You also had the Celtics, who were putting up a fight, also aging. But there's still great stars on both of those teams. And Jordan finally gets over the hump. Mm-hmm. Finally get some helps. He gets Horace Grant. Scotty Pippen's coming to his own at this point. You have shooters with uh, uh, Paxson. Mm-hmm. You have uh, it was, uh, was Hanson on this team. Who else is on his team? Uh, Cartwright was on his team. Yeah. Uh, you had a lot of players that were role players that fit the mold to the triangle offense. Yeah. And, and this and this is huge. And this is before the European players were here. This is before Steve Kerr. This is before Luke Longley and. Uh, um, Tony Kukoc and yeah, Bison Daly. yeah Brian, Williams, Brian Williams, Brian Williams, Bison Daly, um, and yeah, so that's uh, yeah. Look, this was June twelfth, nineteen ninety one. Oh boy, the day that the Chicago Bulls dynasty officially began. They led the LA Lakers in NBA Finals three games to one. The Bulls got big big performances out of Jordan and Pippen to wrap up the series in five games. Jordan dropped 30 points, 10 assists, and four boards, and Pippen posted up 32 points, 13 rebounds, and seven assists. Pippen should have been the MVP of that series because he shut down Magic Johnson. Yes. I, I I don't disagree, but also... How do you not give it to Jordan? You have to no, give it to Jordan. No, and I understand that, but if it wasn't for Pippen shutting down Magic, that that's that's a huge, huge accomplishment to shut down an, uh, a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, who was still pretty good at that point. Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah. And 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 after all all the stuff that he had been through, like right. you know what I mean, going back and forth and playing playing with Kareem and like you know all these like all these great players and and. You know, you look at uh, this series was at Showtime, the Showtime Lakers, yes. both versions of it. You know, the, the HBO version, the winning time version and the real version that they'll, they'll talk about. Um, but that, but, you know, him, uh, Jordan and the Bulls having to go through everything they went through with um, with the Lakers, with the shitty Pistons, the way they just like dogged uh, uh, Jordan and just beat his ass. And you know what I mean? And like, and th- and that's the, that's the, that's the dig, right? Like what, what NBA player now could like deal with that and still play through it and find a way to play through to it. Persevere through, through the struggle and the adversity. And still score while someone's trying to chop your legs up underneath you and break your leg as you jump up and shit like that. Right. And, and the thing is that people don't realize that he lost his enforcer. He lost yeah. uh, Charles Oakley. Yep. And they ended up getting Bill Cartwright for him, and that was it. And Jordan was pissed about that, yeah, because that was the, the you know that was the older statements that said, "Yes, I got your back, no matter what. No one's gonna fuck with Jordan. I got your back." Oakley was a homie. Oakley, but Oakley was like that his whole career. Oakley was like that in the on the Knicks. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like when he came back to the Bulls, when he's all gray and shit, like he just <laughs> wanted to beat people's ass. That's why we loved him. That's why we loved him, right? <laughs> but yeah, so this is the. Uh, that's that's the win, right? That's the 90, 1991 most valuable player, right? Yeah. This is what kicked it off. Yep. This is the start of us. I will say that we were absolutely spoiled in the 90s, and I think because of that, we're to this day, we're still spoiled by that, where we're sitting here and where other teams do not get a run that way, and, and regardless of the, the sport, until you get Tom Brady. You don't get... A streak of championships like that, and especially going six and zero in three, you never, you don't see three three peats or two three peats like that, right? You know what I mean? And and to this day, people will still argue that if he hadn't retired, that they would have eight in a row. Now, to me, if he if he hadn't retired, they might make five or six. 
because he was you could tell he's winding down. He needed that two year. He needed to rediscover his love for the game of basketball. And he changed his game. He did. hundred percent. He had to change his game because he couldn't take the, the, the pounding of right. playing in the paint anymore. And you see the way he the way he, he, he was shooting more. Yeah, it was more of a mid range game. And the way that he was getting his teammates involved and the way that he was allowing what? guys like Steve Kerr to take the final shot. What ended up happening, he ended up trusting the damn offense. Yes. That's what happened. He started trusting the triangle offense because right. he understood that, oh, okay, if I'm at the top, there's two guys that are going to be open. If you move the ball, you're going to be have someone open. The triangle offense is made for a passing offense. And what ended up happening is Jordan would clog the ball up. See, the, the, the Bulls, Jordan and the Bulls needed Phil Jackson the way the Cubs needed uh, the Madden. Madden. Oh, okay. Because you change the mindset. You, change, you take that pressure off. You're like, look. You need to find these moments within yourself outside of the game of basketball and then bring that to the game of basketball. How do you calm yourself down? Meditation, you know, diet, exercise, yoga, all that shit. I mean, I got half the books in here. Thanks, Mike Logic, for bringing them back. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Two years later. uh, Still a quarter of the way read. But, I mean, you know, that's the thing is that there is an argument whether was Phil Jackson good or lucky. Why Why can't he be both? Because look, he he was set up, um, you know. Was what's his name? Uh, Doug Collins was there. Doug Collins was the one that really started the road uh, for for and and Doug Collins, Phil Jackson was Doug Collins' uh, assistant, assistant coach. Yeah. <laughs> he was there to take over from uh, since the beginning, right? And then you had Tex, and, and that was that was the end of the you know. And once he implemented the uh, the triangle, and they're like, hey, we're gonna go with the hippie. And Phil Jackson came in and he brought in his yoga and his patchouli stink and his, you know, his Birkenstocks and he came in because I mean, don't people forget that Phil Jackson won a championship for the as a New player York, with with the, game, uh, with the uh, Knicks, Knicks yep. back in the day, you know. That was so the last one they won. Jordan, yeah, Jordan, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, and the Bulls needed Phil Jackson just as much as he needed them because he had he had a key that he was trying to open up that door, yeah. and you know Jordan was able finally due to Phil Jackson whether you like it or not yes he was lucky that he landed on that team and then he was able to coach you know Kobe and Shaq but you still needed him to, there he was the to one do with the personalities those big he, heads, heads right and, and exactly you know, those cocky attitudes and, and and he was the one that that got Jordan to believe in the rest of his team yes like trust the players that we have out here with you they're going to help you they're going to do their job and I can guarantee you, no one wants to leave, let Jordan down. That's yes, huge, huge. That's that's a great point. That is a great. I love that point. I, I like what Bill Wennington says. Yeah, Jordan scored uh, fifty five points in the Garden, but I scored that one. Yeah, we co- he goes. <laughs> we combined for fifty six points. points. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. All right, man. You got any uh, got any honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. It's you gotta you gotta throw in the uh, slam dunk competition in the, Chicago the contest. Yeah. Of him, you know, taking off from the free throw line with the Marlboro sign in the back. Yeah, of course. So the that, that's sign. that's what that statue is from. Yes, that's it is. from the from the dunk contest. I mean, how how fitting is that to win the slam dunk competition in your own stadium? Right. And this is before this is before the championships. This is when he was still trying to do it all himself. Right. You know all that stuff. So I mean, you know, at the time, no one knew, no one really knew who Michael Jordan was. They knew he was a good player. Um, they knew him as a dunker. Yeah. Yeah. They knew him as a, the guy that had, he had all the potential and the ability in the world, but he just was never able to get over that hump. And that's what it was because, again, basketball is not an individual sport. I don't care how many ISOs you run. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I agree with you. But, I mean, for me, that's one of the most iconic images of him floating through the free throw line with one hand out 
and he's pumping it as he dunks it. And so I kind of they put it on a bunch of shoes. Huh? You don't <laughs> say. <laughs> Do you have any honorable mentions? Um, there was there was one that I had in my head. Um, oh. Speak, speaking of which, uh-huh. my honorable mention is the moment that he signed with Nike. Okay, and there's a movie coming out. Yeah, there is a movie coming out. Ben Affleck, so producing. Yep. Um, ben, a- yeah. Uh, so they were actually talking about it on the uh, uh, during the All Star festivities. I think um, there's there's quite a few people in it, but essentially it's the story of Michael Jordan and his his uh, signing with Nike because I think he also had um, he he had also been working with Adidas and did, Adidas didn't want him. Yeah, Adidas and Converse were in the right, and Converse, Converse, was right the, there. Was the, was the those shoe chucks, the because you had you had uh, Larry Bird yep. in Converse, you had Magic Johnson in Converse, like, and that was like the, uh, they all had their own colors. I mean, you watch any of those old games, and they're wearing like those little flat ass shoes. I got a pair; oh, they ain't no boy. ankle support, no, man. No, so no. you roll, you look at a curb wrong, you're like, "Oh, my leg's broken." <laughs> that's how that works. But yeah, so that's that's my honorable mention moment. It's it's not on the court; it's off the court, and it is him. Signing with Nike and just turning, turning the NBA world and turning the fashion world on its head because you got to remember at that time, the reason why people our age in the '80s look so much older is because they were not wearing baseball caps and athletic gears and joggers and gym shoes, right? There, if you were going bald, you went bald and you proudly sported that fucking uh, horse, that horseshoe, right? <laughs> you you sported that horseshoe with a fro behind it, and you had you know your your wool suits and your ties and your hard sh- hard soled shoes and all that shit. And us, you know, now even NBA coaches after COVID, they just wear whatever they wore warmups and joggers and yeah. stuff. So, I mean, that changed the, the way now you see guys wearing suits with Jordans, wearing suits with like Stan Smith Adidas. Like it changed not only the landscape of the NBA, the way that marketing is done. It changed the landscape of fashion in general because you have, you know, just, just like I said, people never saw that as a, as a thing like gym, like, Tennis shoes, athletic shoes, oh, that's nothing, this and that. Jordan changed all that. Another thing that Jordan changed, I know we're, we're running out of time here for our segment, but another thing that Jordan changed was pop culture. Yeah, 100%. He started doing commercials for his shoes yes. with Spike Lee. Then he ends up being in. in it his, must be the shoes. Right. You get Then you have the movie, a Space Jam, which, you know, LeBron tried to copy and failed. Um, <laughs> space. You can still watch the original Space Jam. You're like, this is a great movie. You got Bill Murray. Yeah. You got him. You got a bunch of uh, comedians in there. It, he transcended the sport. Yes, and and that's why we love the man because he transcended the sport in a time where the world wasn't as open as it is today. We got our news the next day yeah. from from the newspaper, or you know, the, watching ten o'clock news and watching the the, the four minute segment of the sports. Try to catch a glimpse of Jordan doing something special right. on, 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 at that point. The, uh, there wasn't that much uh, sports radio. No. Mm-mm. You know, ESPN celebrating 25 years. That's not that long ago. Right, right. E- yeah, ESPN radio in Chicago, yeah. Yeah, so there wasn't you that had, like avenue. the sports line that you had to call into. Exactly. So it, it, it's a huge difference that for a man to transcend the sport, to transcend the the, the pop culture yeah. of references at that point. George Michael's sports machine. Oh. <laughs> you like that I one? Love, I still Now to the that. tape. And he got the, you know, he's in that big green screen and he hits yeah. the thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he changed so much of our culture and how we grew up. The way we absorb sports. I mean, we did everything growing up. We try to emulate everything he did. 
with our, with our East Bay catalog. East, oh, that, uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah, East this is just yeah. finally, I think, what, finish line or whoever is taking yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. Rest in peace. So. Sad. Uh, other, yeah. I, I, what else? You got anything else before we get out of here? No, man. I mean, look, I, I, I think we, we, we owe this show to Jordan. 100%. Right. Like, as, that's as, how serendipity is that? It, and the funny thing is, is that because Jordan is the reason we became, you, we, we're in the era and, and of the age where, yes, it was cool that the Bears won, but we weren't young enough to appreciate no. it the way we did when we were, again, yeah. 11 years old, you know, uh, 9 or 10 or 11 years old when Jordan wins his first championship, right? Yeah, and and then we watched Bob that. Costas call the game. Yes. 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 And, then, and then all of a sudden we're interested and we know who Ahmad Rashad is yes. and we know who, you know, hang time and, uh, and, and we we're watching learning to fly and we're watching you know the the his airness and rare air and all the books that i have and all that stuff so that was really our introduce uh, introduction into really truly loving sports because even if you were a cubs fan or a white Sox fan or whatever it is you're a fan because they're local right, right. you were not a you, jordan brought the casual fan into the sports landscape into understanding what it is to have pride not for, not only for your city but the sport and like just you know they it, you every every single day kids are at the at the court jordan oh, jordan yeah. that's all even to this day well yeah i you know i i would now i hear you know because the, the generational gap but like i would hear more kobe but it's the same thing oh, over the last couple of years i heard covid Oh, <laughs> wow, wow. Way to, way to bang, the, bang the mics there. But. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our top six Michael Jordan moments. We'll be right back with Stirring the Pot after a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride, so do it right now. Check out GritClothingCo.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15% off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. This is Enrique Calderon coming to you from True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast. Come check me out on social media, Enrique Calderon Official, on Instagram and Facebook. Check it us out. Y te lo dice Enrique Calderon. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Oh, yeah. It's that time again, brother. Uh-oh. You know what time it is. Oh, boy. It's time for Stirring the Pot. All right, what you got for us? So we had a bevy of food that uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. Okay, okay. And uh, one of the things that that we we look for over there is, of course, snacks. Because I mean, I usually do a chili every every year. We mm-hmm. didn't have that many people this year, mm-hmm. so I was like, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to do it. Okay. But we did pick up this dip because, okay. I, and I've been <laughs> I've been eating this with the dots pretzels that Juan put me on to a couple years ago. But at Sam's Club, uh, Sam's Club under the uh, the brand of Members Mark. There is a bacon, cheddar, and ranch dip, and this is a 24-ounce tub 
and I do mean tub of dip that I've been working through for a while now, and it just takes fucking forever. So right here in front of us, we have the bacon and cheddar ranch dip, and uh, I'm going to have you go ahead and give it a taste. First of all, just look at it. Tell me if you think it's going to be good or not. It's a a tub. It it is a (laughs) a tub. It's like a Tupperware tub. It's it's huge. Um, it's bacon That's what she cheddar. Said. Yeah, a bacon cheddar ranch dip. It's got a um, what is it? Looks like an image of bacon and some and, and some cheddar on there on the and, outside. Yeah, it's got some bacon and cheddar and, yeah, and ranch it? made with real cream cheese cheddar. Yeah, applewood smoked bacon. All right, so I got these uh, pretzels and uh, let me see. Turn on the camera here because you know some, some dots. There we go. Oh, it's not going to stand up. Diggity, diggity dots. Yeah, yeah. So I have some pretzels here, and I got the bacon cheddar ranch dip, and I'm going to try this. I'm going to dip it really good. I got two sticks in there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, all right, here it goes. Mac and cheese sounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, mac and cheese sounds. This is phenomenal. This is phenomenal. This tastes like um like ruffles. This, this tastes like fat kids. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I mean you you'll just sit here and, and eat it, and you can you know you can put your uh, your vegetables in it uh, if you were you know someone that eats such disgusting things. Um, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it, it's uh it's legit, man. I I I was eating it more with the uh with the dots pretzels more than anything else. That's that's and I and I would definitely do the two four and and just use it like uh, chopsticks to scoop up as much bacon I could as I could in my mouth at one time. Going for round two here. There you go. It's good, man. It's good. phenomenal. <laughs> now, here to to be fair, there were two other uh, dips that we got from there. One is a green goddess dip, which I if you ever look up green goddess and it's like um green giant. It's like a bunch of disgusting stuff. <laughs> cuz it's like, you know, like uh cilantro and whatever other green like, you know, cuz it's all the yeah, green kale, health. spinach, it cilantro. Is, I was like, let me give this a try. It's awful. It is absolutely disgusting. And then for someone like myself who is not a fan of pickles, um, there was also like this this dill flavored dip that my daughter wanted, and that she was also gross. But I gave her a chance, and I was like, "Nope, you can, y'all can keep them uh, them ones." But this one is, yeah, this one's legit. So this is halfway halfway down the mark. Yeah, we we uh we, <laughs> we definitely been working on it. Yeah, and little. I like how he says we because I'm pretty sure it's been all of him. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> get out of here! Uh uh-uh. uh. That, all you. That thing was definitely more full when you got here. Mm. A lot more full. <laughs> Don't give me that bullshit. <laughs> like, hey, put it on me now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awesome. That this is a great dip. Uh, yeah, if you're in Sam's Club vicinity, go go order this shit. This is amazing. This is probably gonna last you about three months if it's just by yourself. Here's the worst thing: is that we picked that up yeah. a few weeks ago, right? And and I, I won't eat that much. Like, I'll have like I'll eat it for like couple minutes and then yeah. i'll put away because i'm like I, I if i eat too much of it i know i'm just gonna get sick right yeah and then for super bowl we got a whole brand new one <laughs> because <laughs> we're like okay you know we just had what we, we make sure we had plenty of food we had sandwiches we had cookies we had you know all types of sweets and beer and yeah but that, that was that was quite I, a bit i would put that on my sandwich yeah cold cut sandwich yeah Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've d- I've done that. We're like, I'm like, no mayo. Well, pull Here out the go. ranch. <laughs> pull out the ranch, <laughs> like the ranch dip or whatever. Yeah, it's legit, man. I there's, I, I'm trying to think of something you don't want to put that on. Ice cream. Yeah. Well, 
Although the sweetie, yeah. the sweet saltiness. So there's this dude um, that has a uh, I don't remember his name, but he <laughs> he is on uh, like TikTok and uh, and like Facebook Reels is where I see him because I'm old, so I watch Facebook Reels instead of TikTok. But essentially, what he does is he finds really old cookbooks and he does recipes sure. from like oh he's like here's a um, peanut butter cake. From 1941, because they, he goes rations of of eggs and butter were rare at the time, okay. so it's a so they made recipes whatever, and and it was like three ingredients. He was like baking soda, milk, and peanut butter, and he just mix it together or like flour, right, and mix it together. You put it in the thing, and then he tries it, and he's like, this is amazing. So he's literally been putting, he's been going through, and he'll make all these old school recipes. But he's funny. He's like he instead of milk, it's called moo juice, right? Instead of baking soda, it's called floof powder, right? It's just like, you know, a silly guy. He has like that little poof of hair like Conan O'Brien in his early days and shit. But he's very energetic. And uh, he actually, again, I don't remember his name, but he just put out a cookbook of all these old, like old school recipes. So, and he'll try them. And if they're good, they're good. So these are the best recipes. But yeah. So that's uh, that's what that kind of reminds me of. Is like, what wouldn't I try this with? And I was like, hey man, if you ain't got nothing, and rations are 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 slim, eggs are expensive. Yeah, the fucking where they are, man. They said what on on uh, on Easter they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be throwing rocks or something, or you're hiding rocks or whatever. It was some other some other really. It was something really expensive that you're gonna do instead of like using eggs this year for Easter. Jesus, you have to buy a chicken. That's yeah, that's true too. I mean, we'll maybe we'll get LeBron. Shots fired. Bang, 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 bang. Full circle. All right, sir. Before we go, what you looking at? What are you watching that isn't sports? Well, now that I'm on the E-Rock schedule where I'm coaching (laughs) and and doing a whole bunch of stuff, I haven't been watching much. But I did watch, uh, I caught up with 1923, so I'm very current with 1923. Tequila? Uh, Yes. Yes. I always say yes to tequila. Uh, 1923 (laughs) is one another Taylor Sheridan uh, uh, shows. So it's 1883, 1923, and then it's Yellowstone. So that is part of the Yellowstone family universe. Um, so it is uh, the whole Dutton ma- or a family, and they're going through the the uh, the, the transition of uh, having electricity, having water being brought in, gas. Uh, so like that that era, bathing and wiping your ass. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. So it, I got caught up, and I, I was confused for a good four s- episodes because there's three stories going on. There's you know uh, uh, Harrison Ford story, the old the current time, and then I thought the second story was them, uh, him and his wife as uh, as you know early twenties, but apparently not. It's 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 his other son who was out in Africa who was out there hunting after the war. Oh, okay. Uh, so he was he was uh, hired as a bounty hunter to hunt down animals and so forth. Um, and then there's another story about a Native American girl um, because uh, in, in that time, they took Native Americans from their tribes, uh, the girls, and they put them in schools to re-educate them into the American way. So Yeah, te- teach them uh, God. Yeah. Bad, you got to teach them, them savages yes, about God. Exactly what that is. Fourteen minutes, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's essentially what that was, and it's it's a really good show. Um, it's a little, you know, obviously that that whole section part of it is controversial, but it's actual what happened in U.S. history. So you've got to address it. And you've got to show exactly what happened. Gotcha. That makes makes perfect sense. Yeah. Then, hopefully, you know, hopefully it's real or yeah. it's it's actually actual. actual fa- uh, was it uh, factual. historically factual? Actual factual. <laughs> and then uh, Picard, the final season, 
Mm. I saw the first episode, um, and that, the reason I'm going to watch it is because they're bringing the entire cast of Star did, Trek I, Generation. Yeah, I saw uh, uh, I saw the Jordy LaForge there, and Deanna Troy was my film. Oh, I loved Deanna Troy Everybody back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Will Wheaton's mom, the Will, doctor. Yeah, what was her name? Doctor Deanna something. Um, no, there's Deanna Troy and then, yeah. and then the, the doctor. I forgot the. She's in the first episode. Yeah, because well, because that was the one that was kind of had the relationship with with Picard, and then uh, Jonathan oh. Frakes. Oh, I watched not, TNG. Yeah, yeah. Well, not, that's what I'm saying. That's where it goes yeah. full circle into yeah. the first episode. So that data. Yeah, I'll date that. that uh, what is it um, Spiner? Right. Uh, Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner. 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 Yeah. Spiner. Spangler. Yeah, his his birthday was a couple of days ago as well. Um, he did, did like four or five different iterations of Data. Yeah, he played his his creator, his creator's creator, and he, you know he was in uh, Independence Day as well. My, yeah, Michael Dorn as Worf. Michael Dorn as Worf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love Worf. Jonathan Franks. Franks. Yeah, he also he, he voiced uh, gargoyles. He voiced mm. a lot of uh, animated stuff. Yep, he, yep, he's yep. Directed a whole bunch of stuff, and he was also on one of my favorite podcasts, the uh, Inside of You with uh, Michael. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's one of my oh, Okay, look at this guy. Yeah, I listen to podcasts and watch podcasts. Oh, man. What about amazing. you, man? Uh, I've been watching a couple of different things. Number one, I was, I'm watching uh, part three. It's not season three. It's part three of The Upshaws with Mike Epps. This is one of those uh, real corny kind of uh, Netflix shows that has all the same feel. And it's uh, it's not a great show, but I mean, like, I've been watching it since season, since season or, or part three. One, um, and it's essentially Mike Epps and Kim Fields are a married couple. Uh, Wanda Sykes is Kim Fields' sister, and they go through their uh, um, the trials and tribulations of uh, you know raising kids in uh, middle as a middle class family in uh, in Indiana. So that is same it. formula, just repackaged. Yeah, and and like I don't like Mike Epps' stand up; it's pretty bad. Um, so this is very like formulated, very scripted. Like he's married to Kim Fields, but they never kiss. Like it's yeah. Like hug and like, but so like, and there's like, uh, they have an older son. So essentially, the, the storyline is that uh, she got pregnant when she was 16, gotcha. and they have a son that's grown now, and he has a child. He's gay. So, but when he was younger, he didn't didn't know he was gay. So yeah, he had a relationship, and yeah. like he had a child young. So like, yeah, and so like they essentially have like a, a daughter and a granddaughter who are the same age, and it's it's a lot of like dynamic, and it, it, it addresses a lot of issues with mental health, and you know. Um, LGBT like uh, Q families and like how they integrate and how older generations perceive you know like what would you do if your son was gay well like, you love him because it's your son like there's yeah. no you know what I mean so it's a lot of lot of different stuff there um, and then so that was one again it was one of those shows that kind of followed from back in the day and I or back in the day um, but from the last couple of seasons so I I uh, I dove right back into that as soon as they said oh coming soon Upshaws part three and I'm like. Well, I'm watching that. Have you have you seen this at all? No, not at all. I've never seen it. Have but I like Mike Epps as doing cameos in movies. Uh, but I don't. I don't think he like you said his stand up is is okay. So I don't think it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 not it's not very good. Uh, speaking of stand up, I also did watch one of my favorite comedians, Jim Jeffries. Mm-hmm. Uh, brand new uh, special that just came out. Uh, Jim Jeffries, high and dry, and uh, that's because he stopped drinking and now he smokes weed. So that's why he good for him. Yeah, even though he was uh, he was pretty famous for for uh, his drinking. Um, you know, on stage and all, he always had a big beard and shit like that. Um, but yeah, I, I like him. I've always, <laughs> I've always liked, uh, I've always liked Jim Jeffries, especially for me as a parent. Like him talking about, like you know, um, 
finding time to be with your partner and you know like trying not to fall asleep on the sofa it's like shit like that like because he has he has a son and uh he just got married so like it's, it's all about that and then um finally what i what i started watching was the uh, the bill russell special on netflix oh okay. and that is fantastic yes it's sports related but who gives a shit um it is fantastic it's our segment damn, it. damn it yeah that's right damn it um um but it's talking about his trials and tribulations, the way he came up playing basketball, his his involvement with the civil rights movement, being right there with Martin Luther King, um, you know, uh, just alongside him with uh, with um, with Muhammad Ali, and just the way that he had to navigate through. It, very similar to the way that Jackie Robinson was not served at certain places, right. you know, and uh, and you know, it was just it's it's a very interesting. It's a two part series. Um, very interesting perspectives, you know, especially coming off of his passing last year um, and just talking about his influence and how he really changed the modern like defensive game of basketball. Like one thing I didn't know was that, you know, he it was always questioned how he would be able to have a, a part and have an impact in the NBA team. You know, he's so big and lanky. And one one day he went out there and I forget he was playing, but um, he started blocking their shots by just jumping and swatting the shit out of it, mm -hmm. not to the crowd, but back to one of his teammates. And he did that three or four times to their the the team they're playing. I think the Lakers, their their best scorer. And he comes back to the huddle and the coach is like, "You can't play defense like that. Defense is played on your feet." He's like, "Okay." So he tried to play that way, and they were just going all over him. So he's like, "I'm gonna play the way I know how to play." And he just and it was literally the first like true shot blocker. Right, so then he had a, he wasn't a very good he wasn't very good offensively, but I mean like he has eleven he has more rings than fingers, right? Like, yep. okay, shit. Now, could he play today? Probably not. He could, but he was just thin, and he was also playing against the white guys, right? Like that's yeah. that difference. So him, Bob Cousy, and like and it just talking about his. His upcoming, his upbringing, the struggles he had to go through, his working through civil rights movements, issues, and things like that. So it's it, it's definitely something that for a sports fan, you have to dig into it and, and appreciate what what you're seeing. Amazing, amazing. yeah, it Can't is it is absolutely phenomenal. I, that I, have you have you seen it at all? No, no, but it is. I do have a I do have Monday off. So. Racist. <laughs> now you sound like my students. Everything Speaking of which, just because I didn't get to say before, Bobby Hall's a piece of shit. I'm just letting y'all know. Yes, yes. I'm putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. That is it for today. A big thank you to our sponsors, 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t shirt. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. That is TrueFan15. Go and get your shirts right now. And don't forget to check out the rest of the 606 Media lineup. The new show in our family is No Water on the Weekend with Stephen and Sean. It's a pop culture forward podcast that dabbles in funny trivia, film, television, music, and Chicago-centric news and happenings. New episodes available on Mondays wherever you listen to your podcasts. And the All Net podcast is available after every Bulls game. Check out All Net with Mike Logic and Ideal or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to check out the brand new EP 
by Mike Logic and Joey Childs. Too much to text. Volume one. You can find it on Mike Logic's Bandcamp. Mike Logic M I C L O G I K. Uh, go and check them out. We just literally did our own little uh, yeah. private listening uh, here before we started recording. I went a few weeks ago and check out the uh, listening party for that. And uh, and uh, definitely great. It's album. dope, man. I I can't wait. And then of course, Ideal's new project, uh, Felice Iguapo, coming out three three twenty three. That's pretty dope too. So make sure you go and check them out. And uh, don't forget the Shine Native Radio podcast is now available on all major platforms. Mike Logic, Ideal, and Throw MC talk about sports, movies, and all types of ill shit. Make sure you go check them out. Make sure you go check out what Shine Native has got uh, going on. A shout out to Ronesh, Panic, Serious Beats, and Custom Made for the beats we played on today's show. Check out PanicOnTheBeat.com for all your Molemen merch and gear. And don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us at Fans on Twitter and on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify. Reach out to us. Hit the DMs. Uh, tell us what you think about the show. Give us your ideas for stirring the pot and movie recommendations. And uh, you can also hit us up at TrueChicagoSportsFans at gmail.com. All right, y'all. For Big Z, this is E-Rock. We'll see you next week for episode 132. Until then, be good to each other. For the love of sports. Swish. I always like to keep my favorite snack handy. Need a little excitement? Step into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. A few moments later. You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos. Show's over, show's over, show's over.